Yo, sneak this podcast. This is Closet episode number six. Um, you know, hopefully, me and George will be back in the studio soon. Uh, you know, we're just kind of taking it, you know, one day at a time, being smart about the process, even though some areas in Arizona have opened back up. Um, you know, we're just kind of taking the process one day at a time. So we appreciate everybody who's listening, like, subscribes, and all that. Um, we have a special, special, special guest on right now. Um, and, and like she said, you know, this, is, this has been a long time coming, okay? So, you know, some of you guys may know her as Jasmine, but, you know, the internet, social media, sneaker community knows her as Kixie Jixie. You're... What up? You're... You're... Get a, a good old New York... <laughs> New York good old-fashioned you're... I'm very excited yeah. to actually be on with you. I think it's I know I am. A long it is a long time coming, but you have such very valid opinions and episodes and very strong opinions and sometimes I don't agree with them. So I argue with you, you just don't even know it. While I'm watching the episode, we're having like this whole I'm listening to it, <laughs> we're having like a whole battle because I'm like, how are you gonna say something like that? Like I think the last yeah. one was the millennial pink. And the rust pink. <laughs> oh, come on. You know what? It's thought provoking because I did agree. Like the the Alayli May, she has too many syllables in her name. So I just always like la 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 la. I say la 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 May. I know. So it's la 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 May sixes are, it's like such a hard sneaker. You know, a six is a hard sneaker. And the most special thing about the sneaker is the infrared. And then here you go, a naked millennial pink. They give it a nice suede and it just gives it a whole different vibe and feel. So I was absolutely loving that sneaker. So, but I do like the one, but I'm just so over ones right now. A year ago, I would have picked the one over the six. Now I won't. You won't? Nah, I love the, the six over the one. You know, the, the Jordan six is my favorite Jordan sneaker of all time. But I have said, like, you know, for the last few episodes, I mean, for a while now, the Jordan 6 colorways, I think, out of all the Jordan models, might have the worst colorways. Like, I, 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 Jordan 6's colorways are just awful. Well, for the design, I don't think that it's awful completely. I just think for the design, they can color block it better. Um, they can change the sole color better. They can do so many different things. It's such a versatile Jordan, just like a seven. You know, they're so similar, but they stick to some right. very classic colorways. I don't know why they've been using so much whites throughout history. They've made it a base model white. Um, but I do love sixes. I mean, I think it's just like a beautiful silhouette. It's just like the symbol of what a basketball sneaker kind of should look like. Um but I, and, and, which is funny because I always tell everybody because people always get on me because one of my other favorite sneakers of all time is a uh, Reebok Kamikaze Two, and I said the one reason why I love the Kamikaze Two because back when it originally came out, it was just like a Jordan Six and Jordan Seven it had the very similar silhouette where the toe box kind of came to a little bit of a point, and you know with the Jordan Six, I always felt like, and especially with the Alayli May, once it like when you stay with the solid color it's just much 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 better well the Reebok Kamikaze is just probably one of my favorite it goes on that's probably goes on my top 10 of all time so oh. with uh, you know with I have my OG Sean Kemp's you know I often pull them out <laughs> and my right. Raymans and my and my Miami my um 
uh, why am I blanking on it? Orlando's, sorry. So I think like the Reebok Kamikaze is just, it was so dope. But in comparison to the Jordan, the quality and the material was way better. So I uh, Reebok has just a way of using like, well, they used to because... I still have a 9394 that's in perfect condition. I could wear it in the rain and the snow. I actually do. And it's still kicking as opposed to some of my Jordans that, please, they're crumbled already. Oh, yeah. And, it, I, and, I, and I love when I talk about Reeboks. Like a lot of people that listen to the podcast, actually just people on social media, just in general in the sneaker community, they are not Reebok fans. And a lot of them are basing that opinion off what they now they're well, not thinking not, of back in the day. There's not much information. Like, I don't think that Reebok does. Um, I don't see their advertisements. I also don't see their history. So, you know how Nike is always putting out their history. They have all these campaigns. Like, when Nike, I'm sorry, when Reebok came out with the Club C again, they right. came out with Cardi B in a commercial. So it doesn't tell the story of the sneaker. It doesn't say why the sneaker was so important. It doesn't say what's so dope about it. But I will say that Reebok has uh, a type of, they use a type of leather, garment leather, that is far superior than like any other leather used in sneakers. And that's what makes it so amazing because the, I collect Reebok 5411s. I always have. It's like one of my, my favorites. It's the sneaker I credit to making me a sneaker collector just Mm -hmm. because when i when the sneaker came out i wanted every single color i envisioned having boxes of sneakers and all of the different colors and from there it was like all right now i'm gonna get all the colors of every sneaker um so that sneaker is made with just leather you know it has no padding under the interior it's just meant to perform for it was meant for aerobics so it was meant to work out it was meant for performance um and it has the ankle straps for stability so it's a very good engineered silhouette and it was the first sneaker for women specifically made for women so that is its importance in history and it's like not many young women understand or celebrate that and a lot of our history is not written so you can't just go online and read it well, it's funny that you talk about with like Reebok and history. Long, long time ago, and I was talking about Reeboks and stuff on the podcast. Um, I kept saying that Reebok doesn't show its history, and then when it does retro its sneakers, it almost at times tries to phase out the athlete. The only ones they ever really, really celebrate was Iverson and Shaq, you know. Uh, but with like the Sean Kemp's. Even when they did some, re- I mean, dropped some of the Reeboks, they didn't put the Kemp on kind of near the toe box, like the first lace loop right. on the OG Kamikazes, Kamikaze 2s, it would say Kemp. And then they removed that. And a lot of people don't even remember Kemp, you know, with the Sonics, you know, we're so amazed by the athletes and dunks we see now. But Sean Kemp was one of those original dunkers. I mean, those campaigns back in the day with the magazines with like Sean Kemp wearing the raincoat, you know, in Seattle with the with the Reebok song, like the Rain Man. Oh, let's not get know, it twisted. Advertisements, including athletes, was on fleek back in the day. Because I oh, yeah. like you can look at an old vibe or word up magazine and see like Grant Hill in his filas, you can see like all kinds of different athletes just actually either in costume or performing or, you know, being creative. And it was a way to, 
to show that the athlete is versatile and that's what sold sneakers you know nowadays they give so many concepts to these to these sneakers like Kyrie's KD's all these lines LeBron's all they're doing is giving a concept but you they're trying to bring the personality out through the design and leave the creativity and the campaigns to connect to the people and I really miss the way they used to connect the athlete to their creativity to then the model and then the consumer so it was well, a different somebody model. had a got you know a little upset with me because i i kept saying that you know a lot of these companies we're we're the marketing and the advertising for this company like every time we're a piece I'm of it post- right yeah and so why would a company need to throw out a commercial for just the sneaker a lot of the nike campaigns and stuff like now it's just more about sports about women accepting you know the sport within itself it's not really about yo this is about to come out i mean the last time we actually you know there were a few recent jordan commercials that had russell westbrook in it um and that was probably about three four years ago but they depend on us. Actually, they don't even depend on it. They know we're going to to market it for them, whether we know it or not. See, influencer marketing is different from actually. See, influencer marketing in 20 years from now will never tell the story of a sneaker as opposed to what we know. 20 years ago, we understand the sneaker because of the marketing that was done, the story and the history. But 20 years from now, they're going to rewrite the history of all these sneakers because of influencer marketing. I think influencer marketing has done so much damage to what we do because in every other industry, I'll use makeup, for example. If you are a makeup artist, you use makeup, you these companies send boxes of makeups to you along with checks. These sneaker companies don't send checks along with those sneakers. So what happens right. is they rely on influencers to, for free, accept these sneakers, be hyped for product because everybody knows they get hyped for free product. So they get hyped for product. They take these pictures. They post these professional grade pictures that they allow these companies to repost. And this is millions and millions of dollars of marketing. And what happens now when you want to get paid? What happens now when you want to actually branch out in the business sector because you've been a collector so long? We've done harm to that that side of the world. So because the industry knows that part of the glamour of sneaker collecting is like showing it off online like a show and tell, they don't take working with influencers as seriously as they should because it's all free marketing. So they do have well, marketing it, dollars and budgets to do events, to do content and to tell stories. And the stories are really important. Well, and that's and that's, you know, I always used to get on people about, you know, how hard they would ride for like, you know, stance socks and stuff. And this is nothing against stance socks, right. but. You know, obviously, a lot of people, they would buy hundreds of pairs of these socks to post online in hopes to just like you said, get free product. You know, a lot of people in the sneaker community would be very satisfied with free product. I'm I remember not, uh, I've never had I'm been, not either. I never, I never have been and I never will be. Why? Because for 
30, uh, how old am I? I'm 38. For 32 years, I've been buying my own, you know, sneakers. My family has bought my sneakers. My sneaker collection is a representation of the love in my life. The people that love me, my mother, my father, my grandmother, my cousin, me, my honey, you know, so that's what my collection right. represents because everybody who's had to deal with my sneaker loving ways. But now it's like, you know, we have free product all over the place and it's like it's not even the product that i truly want collecting for so long so it's like i'm doing you a favor by i'm doing the brands a favor by and this is a key word this is what they need and this is what they want authenticity they want this product authenticated by the g's who people are really looking at you know i know people with hundreds and thousands of followers that have no selling power they can't sell nothing from their pages. But then you have people with 10,000 followers who could sell a thousand products eat, look, with the blink of their eye. So it's like the brands have been looking at the playing the numbers game for so long. And now we're in another phase of of this whole digital space where it's like time to get to know, time to tell stories, time to connect a little more deeper. And these brands, they know that. And I think, you know, now with the current climate, Everybody has to rethink the strategy in the sneaker space. They have to rethink influencer marketing. They have to rethink, you know, because now you can see who the real content creators are. Because now that everybody's home, everybody has an opportunity to be creative. And you get to see now who's the real creators, who's really out there, like, really making content, really exploring sneakers and the people who kind of tapped out because this is not what they do. Like me personally. Kixie. Yeah. Kixie, Kixie. I just clutch my chest. Everything you're saying is so right. <laughs> it sounds so good. It's so right. First of all, real quick, you know, you talk about, you know, us having little arguments, whatever, and here and there. And then some of the stuff I say doesn't necessarily apply to you, especially how this conversation even got together, you know, me talking about women and stuff like that. And you saying you're 38. That's why you're different than a lot of other <laughs> get people on here. But what you just said was so right. I've been saying this. Creativity is something that's going to be tested now. These companies, these brands are going to really look and say, what did they really do for me? Once this all clears up, influence, creativity, like you said, is going to change. You know, you know, and, the brands and, and are never the be, ones. I, the brands are never the ones to initiate something. They're never the ones to be the first to do something creatively. They have to see it right. first and see the response, and then they jump in. One hundred percent. And the thing that you said about, like, you know, I like for our podcast, I there is something specific that I want for our show. I've been offered many things. You know, yo, we'll give you guys three T-shirts a month. Yada yada yada, and. I won't do it. Like, and anybody that comes to me with something, I say, no, I want money. Like, I'm not going to just start writing for stuff and cheapen the product that I've created. The product that this podcast is not easy to do. And we're almost, we're at 199 episodes. And it also has a cost associated to it. You know, it your does. time, your equipment, your creativity, that all has a price associated with it. But, if brands don't listen to podcasts like this, if they don't hear us right. talking like this, a little bit more elevated where we're connecting the sneaker, the culture with the brands and the industry, then they won't know 
truly. And what happens is now they're listening and they're getting inspired by this and they're getting more information about the knee deep culture through this and they're understanding us better. I mean, they've always studied us like roaches. That's how they know what's a retro, you know, what's a, we're like little roaches and they're just looking at us all over the place and they understand what we want, where certain sneakers should come out at, what's popular in one place versus another, you know, they index us. So they have all the research on us, but what they can't get, you know, is 100% is that authenticity and they can't get that new creativity that comes out of us as individuals. I'm going to tell you this. I've done, like I said, me and George have reached 199 episodes. Amazing. I've done a few episodes in this closet. This is already just a conversation we're having. This is already in my top five episodes we've done. <laughs> I I'm in, I am appreciative. So so let, let's go back. And just it's a to, woman to too. Bomb, 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 bomb. But see, look at this. Look at this. This is a woman who's been in the game for a while. When I look and when a lot of people look at social media, you can't tell who has and who hasn't been in the game for a while. I will say with you. I've always known it, but I haven't really been in depth with it. I was first introduced to you from the last Sohicans podcast right. with Sofrito mm-hmm. and Los. Oh, them the homies. And I remember you guys being on the, I guess like a Puerto Rican parade. Yeah, it was the Puerto Rican parade episode. And it was right. it was Puerto Rican women on the Puerto Rican parade episode. That was, yo, it was bomb and it was so much fun and it celebrated culture. But that's amazing. Shout out to them because they're, they're yeah, super dope. I love them them the super homies and then obviously i've heard you on soul searching podcast you know talking about the WNBA and things like that and i i always hate when content you know because i feel like do women are put into this are forced into this box when they do participate in shows to like strictly talk about women but i you've always been a straight shooter so i do want to talk about you know some you know women issues in the sneaker community and but i do want to talk sneakers with you because everything you're saying right now oh my god goodness 93 94 reebok stop it like i'm not gonna lie to you this episode feels good already (laughs) okay so let's go back to just you you know you've been in the you know been doing things for a while you've assisted other brands you've started your own you know content creation what are you kind of currently working on so it's interesting i started off like you know, I'm a sneaker collector at heart. And when I say that, I mean a person who buys sneakers and wears them their whole life, you know, just hyper collected. Like I need those. I want those. I need those. So since I was a kid, I'm actually a second generation sneaker collector. My parents are first. My father still heavenly collects. My father's into that whole, you know, like he has like hundreds of Adidas shell toes. That's his thing. He's been in it since the eighties and he just, his foot is shaped like it. So, uh, I'm second generation. I grew up just loving kicks. Everybody around me was always irritated by me. Everybody around me, you know, always wanted to know what was on my feet. What are those used to be a statement that was, uh, endearing and complimentary. And now it's like, what the hell? Um, but as I've been, so I've always been a nerd. So I've always been able to think deeper about my sneakers and what I'm doing with it and collecting. I've traveled a lot for sneakers. So before social media, I explored the sneaker culture for women in Paris, in Holland, in Japan. Um, I've went to different, I used to go to DC, Baltimore a lot in the late nineties to cop sneakers. Uh, I've traveled a lot. I always had a lot of freedom thanks to my parents. So I've always been a little worldly, you know, I've put my time in. I've 
you know, I was on Nike ISS talk, you know, I was on the forum, you know, I was on sneaker play. I won sneaker battles. I was the first woman to win the funk flex sneaker battle. And I was like 16 years old. Um, so I've done, you know, I've done the camping. I've done all of that. You know, I've, I've sat here in New York city and I've been a part of the street culture of sneakers. Now we have a sneaker community that lives online. But before it was actually in the streets, it was on the blocks, on the corners. So I've always been a part of that as I'm very well educated. So I was able to transition what I do in business to the sneaker industry because that's where my passion is. So like I want to say like seven years ago, maybe eight years ago, I started writing. So I've written for several websites. Um, I still have a lot of work up like on Walk Like Us. Uh, I'm like probably I am the first Walk Like Her uh, on the website so you can see like articles that I've written for walk like her um, CNK I've contributed to there's many um, Latina magazine I've contributed to so there's quite a few and then I started doing events so I started doing all women events that kind of highlight and glorify very masculine sneakers um, just because when there are women's events it's very women you know it's for women's product women's sneakers and uh, I did a jump woman brunch and it was super dope it was 23 invited special women I was so humbled that so many women came from Texas Miami like the dopest and dopest of base came and um and Philly too shout out to Philly the girls from Philly so uh, I had all these amazing women at this event and um Fast forward from there, I was very into the whole women's movement. And I think we made progress there. And then I'm a plus size woman. I'm a full figure woman. I feel very passionate about that because not every full figure woman is confident. And something that lacks in our community is the confidence of full figure women and sneakers. So right now my platform is dedicated and my passion is dedicated to full figure women in kicks, you know, being able to be featured on Foot Locker, be featured on Nike, be featured on these different websites, actually have product made for us. So I've been pushing and pushing in the back end to get these brands to understand the marketing to this woman, understand that it's not um, all plus size women with curvy figures that should be in your campaigns. It shouldn't be only plus size women you know, in a campaign with skinny women, you know, they have to mix it up. They have to make it more authentic. So I've been working on the back end on that. And the end of this month, I'm dropping my website, Curvy Kicks. And it is a big celebration, exactly what it sounds like of curvy women and kicks. Do you think that sounds that could be an issue with like other women? You know, I feel like women are still trying really hard to find their place, you know, amongst a men dominant, you know, uh, community, you know, once you start making separate, you know, but men have it, men have all kinds of websites. That's the thing. So you only have all about five websites for women and they haven't peaked. They're not climaxed, you know, and they don't cater to every woman, right? Some of them are more trendy. So they're for the trendy woman. They're not for the hood. They're not for the project woman. They can't relate. It's interesting that I was surveying a bunch of teenagers and asking them how teenage women and asking them how they find out, you know, when sneakers are coming out. And they all was telling me this app. And I've ne- as many as I've been in the game, I never heard of a sneaker crush. And I was like, what the hell is sneaker crush? Sneaker and crush. everyone kept telling me sneaker crush, sneaker crush. So I pick up my goddaughters from high school and they're telling me I'm asking their friends, how you know when those sneakers are coming out? Oh, we have sneaker crush. Every little girl went 
when I went to my goddaughter's birthday party, I'm asking girls that are not in her party in another party. Those sneakers are nice. You know, how do you know when sneakers are coming out? It's kind of something I do. I do it on the trains, too. Those are nice. How you know they were coming out? They would tell me sneaker crush. I go to this app and it has 8 million downloads. I've never heard this freaking app. It's a basic girly calendar of sneakers that are releasing. We don't know it in the sneaker community, but it's banging in the hoods. Those are what the kids are using. So it's like there's so many outlets that we don't know about that we're not that's not visible to us. But for women, we don't have that many outlets. And it's like there are different types of women that collect sneakers. But the detriment that's been done to plus size women in this industry will be soon be understood through my website. Because what happens is you also have petite women that parallel the same issues as plus size women. We don't have product. So as a full-figure woman, I walk into a Foot Locker. I wear a size 13 in women's sneakers. Uh, and this is for any sneaker store, not singling out Foot Locker. I right. wear a size 13 in women. They're going to show me two pairs of sneakers in the store that's specifically women's models. And then they're going to take me to the men's section. Now, if I need clothes, they're going to take me straight to the men's section for a T-shirt and sweatpants. After 30 years of this, how do you think a woman dresses and feels about herself after she's been placed in sweatpants and t-shirts her whole life? Mm. Yeah, so it's real that, out. It's that. real out here. And then when you don't see a woman that looks like you in your own culture highlighted through these brands, swag and dripping, not all of us work out. So the narrative that a lot of these big brands create that you have to look like you're working out in these campaigns is not the same thing for skinny women. So they have campaigns for, for thin women that are lifestyle, that are just chilling, that are, you know, fluid. And for us, it's just work out, be healthy, as if we're not, because we're, you know, uh, overweight. Uh, me personally, I work out and I'm a vegan. So this is my body composition. It's always going to be like that. And that's what right. it is. But Women don't have that many outlets. So, you know, shout out to like CNK, who's really doing something, who's really been pushing and being thought provoking throughout the years. You know, Hype. Hype is very trendy. You can tell the whole push behind it is from Asia because some of the products don't even come out out here. So they're highlighting product that's not even USA. It's, it's international. And the brands have started to market to the international consumer, not the domestic woman. So that's why we have a lot of these minimalist sneakers in the women's market. We have a lot of minimalist product, minimalist colorways. And that's why we're always screaming, we want the other stuff because we want our classic, our hood stuff, the stuff that the men's have. We want our Chicago colorways. We want these different iconic colorways. So it's it's a long, long, that's a whole different conversation, but that's really the gist of it. But we need more outlets. So there's all kinds of women who collect sneakers that are not represented in any publication. And the story of the men's history has been told thousands of times throughout so many platforms. You know, you have sneaker bar Detroit, you have sneaker history, you have complexes all male dominated, you know, you have walk right. like us, you have sneaker files, so collect the, you know, throughout the years. I mean, these, these media outlets have been with us for many years. And when the women's movement came to it, they were looking for women to kind of head up and manage their, their media sites uh, for women. And it's a hard market because they don't really know what how to how to really capture the true spirit of women who collect sneakers 
So let's talk about that then. Like, do you know, you've kind of jumped into it, you know, transition to it like really easy for us so when it comes to like you know you and you know other areas where women are leading the charge as being the lead creator in areas um i feel like sometimes it's not anger but directed towards men that the reason that some of that stuff doesn't get as supported as much as possible The standard of beauty in this country is controlled by men. The standard of beauty in sneakers is controlled by men. So with that being said, the minute a woman, I'll give you an example. The minute a woman's sneaker comes out, every male website is reviewing it and bashing it before a woman even gets her opinion on it. So it's like just because the men don't like it doesn't mean that's the consensus women's opinion. So it's like that's not supporting women. So the minute men want to start you know, just to be blunt, talking shit about the women's culture, intervening into the women's culture without having a deeper understanding, which every time I talk to the most, I mean, highly intellectual men, deep thought provoking men that's in the sneaker community, they're like, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. But you made a whole lot of comments about it. And it's like, that's why I got really upset at the whole Joe Budden Um, comments that he he put out there about women and sneakers because you are bashing millions of women in one comment you're sitting here and saying that these women are not sexy you're saying that these women have an age cap as to when they should stop wearing sneakers and it's like who are you first of all to place uh you don't wear heels so who are you to place um age restrictions who are you to place this stigma on women and to continue to just because it's your opinion you like women in heels and that's and and you know what he contradicts himself because uh his ex-girlfriend tahiri she had a failed brand called sneaker chic and it was a women's sneaker uh clothing line and it was failed Mm. and she's a sneaker lover so he's lying you know on top of that you're not even being authentic about it because you were dating a woman who had who was trying to infiltrate this community and the community didn't really open to it because I don't know, I, I'm not wearing anything that says sneaker chic or sneaker chick. I don't even like the word chick. Right. So my dog lost his bowl. So <laughs> so it's very interesting how we move forward and the men kind of just want us to not and I don't want to say they don't want us to progress. But they kind of put a, a, a pause on our progression a lot through their comments and they just don't realize it. Also, you have a lot of men who now that there are segregated women's products, you know, they want it. They want it. And a lot of them are buying it just to resell to women, which is unfair because even if all women wanted to be resellers, right, we don't have the physical, the physicality to jump on these lines and be bold dudes like I've been on, I've seen how this is done. I know how this is done. We don't have, you know, I could st- I could be the first person on that line and I could have 10 girls come run up behind me. There's always going to be a male security who has his homeboy who was, he's putting him at first and then they bring in another 20 and then they take advantage of the women. So it's like a lot of us have, we've had to hustle harder for, to have these beautiful collections and we've had to you know men also think we don't know price points so they're gonna throw us the highest Hmm. price and we're like sorry that's not the price point for that i I, I can offer you this but another woman's gonna pay for it because she doesn't know the price point she's also not 
may not be a typical, let's say, sneaker collector or sneaker head. So she doesn't know. So she's going to pay that. And that's why some of these resellers love to get women's product because they know they're going to get three times what they are supposed to get. So these are all just examples of how throughout, you know, just my experience, women have right. been taken advantage of. And it's the men that really don't understand that they, they've well, done a little damage see, there. You know, they've done a little it, bit. And the true support would be like, yo, you get kicks for women highlight them ladies what do you think before i bash this you know how about give us a consensus before so that you can get the true woman's opinion before because something a, a question that always comes up in like a lot of interviews is like who influences you right who influences right. you who do you look at for inspiration on social media i look at the boys i don't look i don't look at the women i look at the guys because i've always loved you know men's swag jerseys you know how men coordinate their colors their coordinates with sneakers so right. that's something that i look at we look at men and it's like when we have men that we respect we appreciate and then they just start bashing out you know a lot of things that that we do enjoy and mind you we don't get many products that's just for women so when we do get that six of the year and men are like all of them trash 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 and it's just like how can we celebrate our culture how can we celebrate what we love if the opposite sex is always just like downplaying what we do so so let me let me go back to like you know kind of you know what i had discussed last week um on the podcast with a friend of mine who works a retail and you describing you know your um growth in sneakers and the things you've had to do you know it's dramatically different than what i've seen and been involved in and been around in all the years i've been i'm 37 you know you said you're 38 so we've been around for right. a long time in this and you know you talked about camping and stuff like that i can honestly tell you i've been i've been camping out for sneakers since i was in eighth grade <laughs> so and i would get dropped off by my mom and dad and you know it just is what it was. Now, I can honestly tell you, I don't remember ever one time being camped out with a woman ever who wasn't there to buy something for their boyfriend or husband or whatever, or just outside company for whomever they were with or That's a mom. Because you had to be in New York City. Okay, should now you, see, should you now be see, in New York too. City? New York now, City. These women, you know, and it's crazy because. I'm visible, but there's a lot of women not visible that I think are right. harder than me. There's a lot of them, like, you know, Soul Flower, I, I will always give Flower her credit. Flower is, one, is probably my favorite in terms of her style and, and what she actually p picks up in cops. You know, I think that her cops are very calculated. I think it's a progression of her collection. You know, she has some pieces that are just mind-blowing for a woman, mind-blowing for a man. And, you know, somebody just like her, like myself, and there's many and many, I use her as an example, many, many, many other women who... It, it, it's not easy to come across uh, a matter of fact it's 10 times harder to come across a, a Nike Yeezy size six size six and a half it's 10 times oh, harder facts. to you know back in the day when we were when foams were coming out and, and everybody was the women were trying to get the small sizes 
you had to fight, you know, you had to like kind of battle the Asians because the Asians, even Asian men has smaller feet. So, That's still to this day. Till this day. But now they make more sizing because now they have the youth and now they have the men's. So specifically in like foams. And I know you had the episode where you just love galaxy foams. So galaxy foams, for example, you know, as a woman, you had to know what stores are dropping what and how many they had of the small sizes. So most of these like very elevated stores have only two or three pairs. So you had to mm. index, you had to find someone, you had to pay someone, you had to jump on lines. We had to jump through hoops to have these collections that you now see in this day and age because it was it's always harder to get the sizing and they didn't make many of them. So in New York City, you know, and it's crazy because fast forward and I haven't lined up in years. I mean, maybe like more than 10 years already. So and that's just due to I put in that work already. So right. now you I see some young girls that are like real like pearls, Perla. Perla was heavy on the lines, heavy having the lines on 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 lock and being there and being present. And you have a lot of other women that are just, you know, they wanted the sneaker. They were going to get the sneaker by any means necessary, uh, even if it included that. But that's the New York way of of growing up in sneakers. It's like the women go just as hard as the men. And see, that's where I go back to when in our I've always been on the West Coast. So the sun shines on the West Coast all the time. I live in Arizona right now. I remember being in college. I remember they were talking about a lot of women were getting injured wearing flip-flops when I was in ASU and they were going to ban flip-flops. And I remember the women were ready to riot in the streets. So like sneakers on a, <laughs> on a sneakers, a sneakers on a woman out here were never was never viewed. And I'm, this isn't everywhere. So like BG kicks and people who are yeah, like from the West Coast. Say, you, you talk, you, BG is a, a legend, you know, she's, a, she's a legend. Right. She's been doing this. You can see the, the development and you can see the age and you can see the curation. Oh, my dog. Now my, playing my, jingle bells. Hold on one minute. All right. All right. You're all better now. So and, uh, with my, her, my, it's, my it's scope. Like, well, real quick, yeah. my scope, of viewing things was only what was right in front of me. Now, I was never a super social media person until we started the podcast because you have to. You right. got something that you're trying to promote, you have to. So I would, even to this day, if it wasn't for the podcast, I wouldn't be on IG. So a lot of the stuff that I see, you and Didi are one of the first people I follow. Didi used to promote our podcast. She would like post like, hey, you know, 10 bucks i'll promote your podcast i paid the 10 bucks or whatever it was a few times to have it put this was when we first started so any help was necessary and that was sort of an introduction to me like whoa there's people out here like sorry women out here who were really into sneakers now when you look on social media as sneakers typically a lot of women men and maybe not all men when i look at women on the social media you all look young I had no idea you were 38. I thought at the most 24. So when I see somebody I view as really young and they pull out, you know, a dunk Espo, you know, clear Espo or whatever, it doesn't make me think there was any possibility they got that when it came out or they was there. It makes me think they built their collection way, way later than after this stuff originally hit the streets. For us, men on the streets, I talk about this, you know, a few weeks or last week, you know, 
for ego men you always bought your girl the sneakers and like that i never had super duper conversations with women about me i'll be honest with you now this conversation right here might be the most in-depth conversation i have ever ever had with a woman on sneakers and i and love and this it's interesting because, because this is what this is what this is what we need like you are showing me and telling me hello yes i'm here i'm listening to you oh, okay <laughs> you are showing and telling me about other people who have been in it for a long time and my and opening up my mindset to step off of what i see on social media and actually have these conversations this is a good conversation this is what brands and stuff need to hear and, and this is what a lot so of other men funny. need to hear. i'll tell you i had a conversation um shout out to jen twice um I had a conversation with her once. I went to the store and I'm buying some sneakers. And it's so funny because we we understand technology and product. And it's not many people that you connect on that level that you're able to just talk about something in terms of technology. So the new the LeBron 15s had came out. And I was like, you know what? I, I wore them to go pick up some sneakers. And we're talking about 15s and we're talking about the difference between 15s and the prior. And, you know, she's like, but do you like the pods? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I like the articulation. They split it and we're looking at the sole and, we, you know, we're, right. we're tearing up the tech of the sneaker. And it's just like, you know, we can because we grew up just in sneakers and understanding sneakers, we can do a comparison of a whole signature line. And this is something that's just free speaking and it's just something that's natural. And we can sit here and compare. We know materials. It's like, yo, do you like prime knit or do you like flying it better? Like, which one is better for you? And it's just like these are conversations that many women have. And I think what men don't know about women is because we don't communicate gender, you know, across genders in this manner, because men just don't think that we got these chops. And if they would, they would understand there's a lot of women who just know some shit. And it's crazy because there's women that surprise me. And I'm like, this Midwest white girl just broke that shit down. How? And I'm like, it's crazy. But sneaker collectors don't just love sneakers because they grew up, you know, predominantly it comes from the hood. Like for me, it came from just making a statement. Sneakers was a statement oh, piece always. in the hood. But you also have people who love sports and grew up loving sports. And that was their way to love sneakers. Like I know girls who grew up as little girls just loving basketball, wearing oversized jerseys and sneakers. And that was their whole aesthetic. And they loved it. And they didn't grow up in the hood. But do they know sneakers and sports? Absolutely. And that is where I see the divide and just cultures within the, the country. Like hearing that about the I didn't know a single woman who was interested in a, a Mitchell Ness throwback or a jersey like that on the <laughs> West Coast. And, and that's 100 percent fact. And this isn't me. And this isn't me being naive or ignorant. Right, right. It's just, maybe you know, I wasn't paying much attention. It just wasn't like, you know, there were girls. See, right now what you're discussing about and how hard women have to fight. I used to take my brothers and cut them and he would come raging in my room. I used to take his warm up suits. He, I remember he had a Vince Carter wrapped as bad, bad, bad warm up suit. When I tell you I cut those pants and then I cut <laughs> the middle and I made it a skirt and then I went and I pinched in the jacket. I made it a whole nice suit. When he saw it on me. 
He never wore it. It was in his closet. And he, I understand now he used to collect those pieces. I get it. Right. Now I get it. Back then it was like, yo, you're not wearing it. It's clothes. It's not sneakers. So mm. I, yeah, I used to take all his $300 jerseys and they were so long on him because he used to wear them to his knees. So I used to take right. them and just, Same here. and just rip them apart, turn them into dresses all the time. I posted a Clippers one that I, I, I had the other day that I made when I was like 16 and I posted it up on Instagram. Everybody was like, oh my God, I remember these. But <laughs> I think, you know, women all over the world have you know because even in japan they they have a whole polo low life movement out there that's been out there for a long time they got that from new york but i think for a long time it's just the men just haven't been looking you know how many times i hear a man say oh i wish i had a girl who likes sneakers i wish i had a girl who who loved you know who understood sneakers i wish there's so many you're not looking at them and it's like the women that you see those are the visible women who come up, who are not shadow, who have followings. There's so many women I follow that have 200 followers who are bad, who are just bad women, who just have so much right. soul and so much kicks and, you know, so many, so many different, um, so many different styles from so many different places. So I think if, and I don't know what happened in the sneaker culture where it's become so shot, clicky, where all the people with high following Ooh, I hate up. It. All the people with this type of following group up. All the people in this location group up. So it's like everybody's clicked up. So it's like we alienate those small accounts. But they have the same love, same kicks, and same passion. They're just not the people taking pro shots. You know what? You know, when you talk about... Well, let me go back for a second. So when you were talking about how hard it was for women to get sneakers, we, I, from my perspective, I talk about it from the men's side. I remember how you're saying when women had to find out where sneakers were releasing and you were saying that like you knew they were only going to get a couple sizes in the sizes you need. It used to be the same way for men. I tell this story all the time. Our stores out here, they would get two size 13s and... There would be two guys that wore size 13s. If one of them saw the other one in line before them, he would leave because he knew he was going to buy both of them because there wasn't that many pairs out there being made. Now, when I was growing up and there were plenty of women and girls wearing sneakers, but it wasn't thought that they might know about sneakers. They might know who Penny Hardaway is. He's cute to them. They might know who Jordan is. He's cool, you know, but I didn't know and have never conversated if they or even thought they actually watch Penny play or knew Penny or anything like that. So it was like women back then, you know, they had to wear the kid sizes, you know, whatever the smallest kid sizes right. were. Right. They didn't have to fight as hard for the men with them. So when we had to like fight to get concords the first time they retroed and stuff women could just back where we were i don't know about new york or the west coast east coast women could just go the next few days later and they would be the kid sizes still sitting there well depending what you, depending what era you're talking about because you know they haven't had women's the idea of women's sneakers or on the box right now you see that it's is two genders on every box, right? You see a women's sizing and a men's sizing. And they do that mm -hmm. so that, you know, we can be, uh, what is it, gender neutral. But right. back in the day, you had youth and you had men's, right? Mm -hmm. So you had youth and youth was, and it's crazy because sizing has changed too. So like I, I shop by centimeters. 
So I never shop by size. So every brand, I'm 26 centimeters. So 26 centimeters is interesting because, you know, for Nike, that could be a size eight. And then for Diodora, that's a size seven. So I shop by centimeters just so that I always get the right fit. So one hmm. of the things is, is, and the centimeters is on every box. So if you look at your size right next to your size, it says centimeters. So right. that's how I shop my whole life for sneakers. Once I realized like these, not every sneaker and every brand fits the same. I used to be like, you know, why does this sneaker feel like this? And then this one's huge. And I also wanted to shop through people. So if I would get a hookup or something, it would be like, Oh, what size are you? Oh, I don't know. So the size is 26 centimeters. Whatever it says, 26 centimeters, pull me that box. And I would get my sneakers. But women, you know, back in the day, we were alienated from men's sneakers. And I have to exclude myself because I've always been men's sizing since mm -hmm. after high school. So women have been excluded from a lot of dope models that men have had. Even to this day premium sneakers you know pinnacles jordan pinnacles and i only want to say jordan brand because when pe women complain about not having enough sneakers or not having product they're only speaking about jordan brand i cannot say that for puma i can't say that for adidas i can't say that for nike all they do is make women's lines and women's products i can't say that for a lot of brands but when it comes up to jordan brand i find and it's maybe my opinion women want the original colorways women want mm -hmm. the original sneakers that were never available to us like i'll give you an example recently mocha threes mocha th we don't have enough brown colorways for women and women love the color brown the mocha threes go with so many you know louis vuitton bags it goes with so many women's aesthetics and women's products they only made it from a size eight and up so there are a lot of dope sneakers that women you know would never touch i would love for um my female counterparts to feel what the technology is in a men's foam versus that trashy kids foam because that mm. i don't even know what that kids foam is what is made of what it's about but that's not that kids foam is shaped so dramatically different than a men's it's not because even it's not a mold i mean it's a, you can see it's a clearly sewn sneaker with a whole different fabric but it is trash and the whole point of the foam is to take the the shape of your foot and it's and to mold it. and mold it yeah and it's to break into it and you'll never get that with uh, a children's foam so it's like there's a lot of great and and it's there's a lot of great technology that women will never feel. So it's not just about not having the sneaker. It's just about the quality as well. Have oh, yeah. And that, I mean, you can go back. Sure. You yeah, can you can go back as far as you can go back as far as like Pippins and stuff. You know, even when they're the air morph tempo, you know, the women's the pairs that women's had to buy didn't have all the air bubbles. You know, it, it had Remember the one old the Air Max. I just had a conversation with someone the other day and they were remembering the old Air Max for youth that had the. The bubble that was painted on and it was a horribly yeah, it was painted it was a horribly painted bubble <laughs> in a color um but now you know fast forward like the the pippins pippin youth terrible still looks terrible pippin women right. is yummy now they have women's uh i have a pair of like and and it's just about the fit and making the ankle smaller because one thing too all right fine i wear a nice men's size you know i can buy men's sneakers but 
Right. Will it truly fit for a woman's contour? Never. I have war wounds on my ankles. I call them war wounds because that's all I love. You're never going to get me out of ball sneakers. And I have war wounds from all the scratching and scraping of my ankles. So, for example, like LeBron 9s. LeBron 9s just wrap i'm blazers blazers took the back of my ankles lebron nines mm. took the sides of my ankles so i have scars from just rubbing because on top of that i probably wore the wrong socks on a certain day but throughout right. history you know it's because i wear men's size and yes if it's my foot but then when it comes up to the ankle i have a woman's ankle i don't have a man's ankle so my ankle's moving all over the place in it yeah, and that's and that and and you know we talk about LeBron nines. You know, I always say LeBron nines to me were one of the best LeBrons to wear with jeans. And I used to see people wearing them with like low socks or no shows. I never understood how they could do it. Like you have to pull your socks up to wear those, so or I'll that fabric about, inside uh, will uh, skin you. Just a quick you. story about um, knowing technology gone wrong. So once I un. <laughs> The LeBron nines have the uh, the lockdown feature in the ankle that pulls the ankle back right. towards the back of the sneaker. So once I understood that in depth, I, I started feeling it and I started feeling claustrophobic in them. So I would have mm -hmm. to start. I would like wear them for a while. And then after walking and running around the city, I needed to come home and get them off immediately because I just felt completely suffocated in them i felt like i couldn't move my ankles were too they were um walking i was walking too with no lateral movement at all so it was just i don't know it was just knowing the technology really just fucked me up right there with that, that sneaker so i stopped wearing them and <laughs> it's now that i'll take out a big bang or i'll take out a i love the mangoes i'll take out a mango and I'll rock them. But my heart is, I love foams. Like, I'm a, I'm a foam girl. I I love foams since, I want to say, like, 97, since they came out, actually. Because, right. you know what? I, I was real heavy into foams when they first started coming out. And even anything, you know, fly posit, uh, clog posits, hyper posits. <laughs> I love right. Barkley posits. I just love the posits. Oh, Barkley posits are awful. Oh, I thought Barclay posits were good. Posits. You, you know, it's funny that's, that like a lot of those ones that sneaker. that's the sneaker that you stomp on the concrete with. You throw on some non skinny jeans, OG jeans or some sweats, non joggers and <laughs> and you float around and you just and you float around and you just that's like a, a beater that doesn't beat so fast. And me, I walk very heavy. I walk very rugged. I walk side to side. I'm the friend that walks next to you and runs you into the street because I'm like falling left. And <laughs> I that's what I love about ball sneakers. I love the weight and I love the sturdiness about it. And now that basketball has changed, so has basketball sneakers. So now they've incorporated running into it. So now they're more runners and they're more flexible because the game has changed. So now the basketball sneakers has changed and now I'm not really into newer basketball sneakers. They're either lows or they're right. very narrow and they're very thin and they don't have too much or they have ankle straps that are built underneath inside. I'm just not into all of that. But I, what's a Barkley posit, you know, uh, Pippins, you know, and, um, and, and I talk about that. I talk about that 
all the time as well. Growing up, you know, when we did playing basketball, we hooped in Jordans, like Reeboks and stuff. You pick up a Jordan 5 now, you're like, God dang, this joint is heavy. But we hooped in those. Like, that's how we hooped in. A yeah, new basketball built, today. And that's how you built leg strength. And that's how you built. <laughs> thank it's you. True. That's, how, that's why I tr- new Trump uh, era dudes got skinny legs. I tell George all the podcast. Like if I go hoop, the rare occasion I go hoop, I still hoop in a Jordan Four or a, a Jason Kidd Nine Flight Ninety Five in court flight highs. I'm talking about boots. You know, remember they used to have right. really Nike basketball products, non Jordan, non athlete focused, were really court highs. Uh, white man's can jump. Those are high sneakers. So right. and men used to hoop in them and they're like way over the ankle you know they're going up the leg and that was common you know that was i'm hearing guys now guys nowadays running around talking about yo these are too heavy to hoop in i need light shoes i'm like what are y'all talking about that's new that's this new generation i'm like i i tried to hoop in a kd5 when it first came out um and it was one of the worst experiences of my life. I rolled my ankle so many times. And a lot of these sneakers right now, I have no idea how they actually play basketball in them. Like, there's just no way. There's no weight to them. Right, like Even a LeBron, if you something like as the, simple, the when soldiers, you wear something as simple, the weight of the soldiers, right? the 14s, I, the, the weight of those, I I literally, like, almost took my, my knee out with them, trying to take them on and off. Because I was like, damn, these are so heavy i was like oh i like ewings <laughs> you know right a lot of people you know it, it's irony to me you want quality but a sneaker like a ewing is super mad quality like over quality like the quality on that is insane but nobody wants that bulk and that sneaker and it's way too bulky <laughs> it is but you know what back then we were wearing bulky basketball sneakers so and look at ewing himself look at the athlete if you are his right. height and you are that looks like nothing on you but that's me, why when i see like, like a boat. anthony davis I see like an Anthony Davis on the Lakers wearing a Kobe sometime. I'm like, how is he hooping enough? Kobe five. Like it's just it just seems impossible right now. Now like a Ewing, a Ewing has always been a good looking shoe. Back in the day, you talk about that time. We loved Ewings back then, but our clothes have changed so dramatically that it emphasizes how much bigger you just, the shoes you, are. You just you open the can of worms there. Did the sneakers change or did our clothes change first? Uh, the clothes change. Well, uh, it, it depends how you look at it. I look at like, it as the futuristic styles of sneakers. You couldn't wear those big pants anymore on them because they started narrowing out those ankles a lot. So you have to run and you have to segue into smaller cuffs around your ankles in order to. Right. Back then, we had so much bulk. Even an Air Force One could handle, you know, handle some some circumference on the bottom of your jeans. But, you know, now with how narrow, you know, just how much they've pushed runners and how much, you know, basketball sneakers have turned into runners. Uh, Because at the end of the day, like all these new stuff that's coming out, these lows and these new KDs and these new Kyries that are coming out, yeah, they don't really give me that ball aesthetic. You know, Under Armour, the Currys always gave me that performance aesthetic. So now... We had a change in sneakers, and I see the clothing changing, and now sneakers are changing even further, and now the style is changing even more. So, 
I think one influences the other, but I think sneakers is the big business. Sneakers is the industry. Sneakers is the leaders of culture, and sneakers is the the leader of of not of pop culture because it's not. We're not only doing sneakers in the hood or on social media. You got celebrities doing it. You got athletes right. doing it. Everybody's competing for the same shoe. So now it's just a different ball game. So let me go back for a little bit. Do you think that women support enough women? Women, it, it's very interesting. If you would have asked me that question about two years ago, I would have said yes. I would have said we try very hard to support one another, right? But I truly see the cattiness. And I, I truly, like, even with people that you truly love, I truly see, and, and women are a little more sensitive and um, in terms of our relationships with each other, you know? And there's a new era of women coming up in the sneaker culture right now. You know, who have no understanding of history, no understanding of product. You know, they're not legacy pieces to anything. So what happens is they come out, they're cute, they got a nice little butt, they take some nice pictures, now they lit, now they're sneaker influencers, now they're in the sneaker culture. Now all the guys want to comment on them and include them and make mm -hmm. them feel included. And now you have brand new women in the sneaker culture that nobody knew about they weren't introduced in a proper way we don't know who they are and automatically it comes it could come off with a bad taste in a woman's mouth because you don't understand what they say their comments if it's taken out of context so it's like women analyze just like we analyze sneakers deep and very harder than i think men i think we analyze culture and women very much and I think so you know what let me let me ask you this and that's not Do only you sneakers every industry hip hop so so real quick, let me ask you this. Do you feel like the wrong women are creating a lot of the sneaker content? And I mean, YouTube shows, lives, whatever they might have. I never because want to say listening the to you wrong talk, women, but I want to say that. It, it, I think I'm, it might be I'm wrong. Tie, women. I'm going to tie it back to men. I'm going to keep tying this back to men because this is where it comes from. Right. There's about a hundred of like women that I know that I interact with daily who are amazing sneaker collectors who I've known for some time. I've got to spend time with them at events and stores and different things like that. Through them, I find other women. And what happens is the first thing I notice with these women, like let's say I've never seen this page in my life. It has 20,000 followers. I've never seen this, this girl in my life. And I look at her collection and I see everything. She has these big, beautiful walls of sneakers. They're amazing. They're mm -hmm. beautiful white shelves. But everything in there came out last year. And I'm looking at that wall and I'm like, oh, you a new new because everything is new new in there. And I see all the men who have 100,000 followers. Oh, killing it, sis. Dope. Holla. Amazing. <laughs> Yo, you fly. That's a bad shot. That's dope. Oh, praising. Hands clapping oh, in the air. Um, dope. You, you the Strong shit. arm. Flex so, arm. Yo, fire. Flex arm. Volcanoes. Fire. Crowns. 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 So, <laughs> Asteroids. All so that. What they don't realize is the power you're giving. Right. Because you got a page of 100,000 followers and and now you're bringing more pages of 100 because everything's monkey see monkey do. So now you're giving another page 100,000 followers is coming to comment. So now you're 
brands are looking at this girl and they're like, oh, wow, look, she brings in the influencers. She brings in the Ooh. real deals. <laughs> so now that girl gets. Stop it, Jixie. That girl gets. Stop it. No, that girl gets the opportunities mm. that the girls with the old walls will never get. Jixie, stop giving out this knowledge and it's okay. just and it's just what the reality is and it's like all right if the ogs want to elevate then you got to elevate your photo game and then you got to get rid of your ogs and make this what is called trendy looking content because that's what the brands are looking at but i want to tie this back to the men the men give the women this power <laughs> the men give the women this power because it's not us hundred women doing this. So it's not us, it's not us hundred women doing this, and that's what invited sexism into the culture. That's what invited, uh, you know, the naked girls in the supreme panties taking pictures and then getting eighty thousand followers. You know, so it's like mm. it's a hard. It, these streets are really hard, but. I can't say it's women on women. I have to sit here and say the men have a huge, huge, huge part in how they make us look, how they support us, and how they tear us down. And Jixie, 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 Jixie. Let me, let me explain something to you. Everything that you are saying is 100% facts. It's not even a question when you talk about the women the men even the men who've been in it for a while i get upset with you know uh, other sneaker uh publications you know and stuff like that complex and all them all the time because it's hard when you know i'm talking about my own podcast when you're putting out such good content and creative content and putting the work behind it and you see other people who aren't doing or have been in the game for as long as you getting the shine that you feel you've worked really hard to get. It sucks. You, like, you yourself, complex, with the stories you're telling me. get into Complex because Complex, if anybody's reading Complex and taking them serious, then you're a fool because that's straight sensationalism in the culture. They do. 100% like, fact. Like they, they, they take you shopping and you're going to pay $5,000 for a sneaker. Then I'm going to go on StockX and get it for twelve. You know, like it just right. it don't it don't make sense. And a lot of it is sensationalism. You're eating cereal out of bowls of sneakers and you're doing you're burning shit. And it's just like that's sensationalism. That's to get the views. It's complex it is. for the culture. It's complex for the culture. I'm gonna say no. Absolutely I'm gonna say not. they're it's not, not for the culture. What is the culture nowadays, right? To me, uh, the culture is we are a culture because we speak our own language. We have our own holidays. We share a common love and a common interest and a common lifestyle at this point. It's not just about having sneakers like the hip hop culture is a lifestyle because it actually lives in the free world. And so the sneaker collecting. Right. We've turned into a culture that lives in the free world. And now we have this certain companies that are sensationalizing then you have companies that want to tap in this market because they are like how do you create the loyal consumer that is sneaker collectors that buy the same shit over and over in different colors how shit that they don't need this is how companies look at us so everybody wants in so you'll see more collaborations with different companies and sneakers you see everybody coming in and sneaker the sneaker community to me is so very warm and open they let anybody in 
Oh, anyway. hey, you're a new collector. You love sneakers. We do too. We support you. Boom, and there you go. Now you're now you're in the Sweet Valley High. I call this because it's like high school. <laughs> right, like and you know what? School. I want and, and 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 real quick, sorry. I, and I want everybody who listens to this and understands this. Like I know a lot of times our podcast in the past, you know, has come off as like really angry at stuff. And I don't want anybody to hear this as like you know, Jixie or I being angry or you know, people love to use the word hate incorrectly. It is simple. It's reality love. facts it's just love it, this is this is a passion and a love i don't hate nothing and no one in this culture except right. for certain sneakers right because at the end of the day <laughs> my all i ever wanted to do in this and in, in my journey is get the pieces that i want to to complete my collections i'm a person that i collect series you know if i have one agassi i want all agassis if i have one reebok i want all reebok and it's just like that's only been my goal and along through the way i never knew that there were people like me i never knew they were women like me i was always made fun of you know i was called a, sne- a sneakerhead when they used to call me a sneakerhead it was a term of to to it was derogatory back in the day they used to be like are oh, you just a sneakerhead jazz get out of here you know, ah, well, you ain't got nothing to say. You a sneakerhead because sneakerhead originally came out meaning like you don't know nothing but sneakers, just like chicken head, crackhead. And now everybody's so happy to be a sneakerhead. And when people be like, oh, you're a sneakerhead, please don't call me that. Please don't call me that because back in the day when they used to call me sneakerhead, it felt bad. Because I do know more than sneakers. Sneakers was always more than what people thought it was. But, you know, people like me who had to fight through that term, you know, now I find it very offensive. And I see myself getting a little sensitized to it more and more. But it just doesn't feel I would never label myself that. So this is just I like, do. this is knowledge that just people need to know. The youngsters need to know. So when these little girls come out, I'm a sneakerhead. La la la, and then the guys are like, "Flex arm, you're the bomb," and it's just like you're <laughs> you're empowering this girl to make this mistake. And where is our history, right? Where is the history gonna live? Where are we going to have this information about this? You know, I don't see no way written about the word sneakerhead being a derogatory term. You know, it's it's funny because like, you know, people will look at this and listen to this and say, oh, you guys sound old. You sound like old, grumpy OGs and stuff. I'm definitely not. And that's not the case. (laughs) It's not. And, and, you know, and and look, it's not bad (laughs) to have a little Joe button in you. It's not bad. No, but. The way the way that it's constructed is a better way. People always say that we hate on complex and yada yada. Let me explain something to you. Complex, by pretty much default, does kind of lead the sneaker culture media wise. Not of the course. culture, but of media wise, they did. They built the empire. Once you started getting the word, you have your own sneaker con, complex cons, and you have limited edition but sneakers. What you they put in the work. What they represent and the brands that they represent, right? Right. They don't create and cater to the domestic market when i look at complex when i look at complex and i look at like the murakami and everything that represents who they are it's in line with what the brands are doing right now which is creating designing and being inspired by european influences a lot of people think our color our colorways don't even match our own clothes that we have here. Our, those colorways match clothes that are overseas. The style and the aesthetic and the tightness of those sneakers was really a minimalist design that was 
already lit overseas and they brought it here. So it's like, we are not the consumer they look at and say, I'm a design for them. Nah, I'm a design for that hood. I'm a design for America. And make sneakers great again in America. <laughs> That's what needs <laughs> to be done. And Complex represents that. Just like when I look at Hype Bay, which is the women's um, media outlet, Hype Bay represents that aesthetic that is overseas. And is that an appeal to some people here? Absolutely. But should it be the only influence? No. Our influences once came from the streets, it once came from New York, and once came from sports, and it's just not there. And complex to me is just, they, that's what the young people know about. That's what they look at. That's what they see right. with the likes and the views. And everybody is driven by likes and views. That's why people always talk about like sneaker shopping. I've always hated sneaker shopping. The point of sneaker shopping is to see who could spend the most money or show who spent the most money or act like it. It's nonsense. I me. love it. And, and you know what? I, I catch it every once in a while because they watch it in my house. My honey watches it at home. But, right. you know, when I when I look at that, I am very impressed when I do find someone who knows about sneakers and actually picks it's something rare. on the wall. But it's I rare. laugh. I really laugh when people skip like a really dope sneaker and they're there grabbing trash for 10 times the price. I'm like, you are freaking insane. <laughs> you are not a sneaker it, collector. Right. But, you know, no, it's rare. Like it's rare someone gets on there with the knowledge. Look when they have Bella Hadid on there talking about... Mm -hmm. um, it's an Air Max. She didn't know what model it was. She was like, yeah, I'm feeling the Air Max. She was like, if, if a homeboy is wearing this, he could get it. Darling, you grew up in Orange County. It's richer than Beverly freaking Hills. You don't know no homeboy. You never grew up with a homeboy. <laughs> There's nothing a homeboy. So it's like you're exploiting the hood culture. You're exploiting the African-American culture. You're exploiting it just to sensationalize and just to get it. And that's what the rest of the world thinks that they can do. And it's like we gave them that power. Us authentics, us sneaker people, we gave them that power. We did. And I am man. And that's like, why if I come you know off how as, people you know I how, come off as a brat about it or a biatch about it, then No no no. no you know? But no. I just I feel this, so this, strongly this, about it. This conversation, so let me tell you this. This is like what I take as authentic when I have a conversation with somebody about a message getting out to actually make change and for people to listen. I see a lot of people and let me tell you it's a lot of men. I've been watching like some of these IG lives which I rarely do and I'm watching them and they have like you know sometimes men talking to you know, other women sneaker heads and stuff and you know I feel like a lot of them are giving out a lot of false um I don't know, the satisfaction to some of these women. Right. You know, they're like, yo, we need to do this. We need to do that. Yeah, you know, th this is change, yada, yada, yada. But it's not, there's nothing, no meat behind the substance in which they're asking for the change. This is meat behind the substance. I look at the comments on some of these women sneakerheads, and like you said, and this is everywhere. This is even some, some of the men sneakerheads. I see the comments, all those trash emojis for something, and I'm like, come on, man. Like, stop it, man. That's like, just to have just the visibility that. so that people could go back to their page, like their stuff. And it's like, you know, I don't believe a lot of people. I think a lot of OGs are overlooked because of their love for OG, for original product without embracing the new, right? It's kind of like hip hop right. heads, right? You love old hip hop so much you come off as an old head because all you do is trash the new and trash the young. So what it is, is I never trash young women. I never look down. Like, 
how do I look looking at a 24 year old like your collection is weak never never that would never happen because you a baby coming up in this you got a lot to learn at 24 years old so there was I have mentors right so Right. There are women who taught me. There are women who showed me. There are women who say, you know what? Don't buy that from there. Buy that from here. You know, this is a much better place. I am so grateful for the women who have taught me, especially like somebody like Sue from from Rhyme. Sue opened, changed my whole outlook on a lot of things, opened my mind to many things, gave me a lot of introductions to different brands, made me think differently about sneakers, made me use my voice about sneakers. And mentors are so important in this culture, in any culture. And it's like more women need to become mentors instead of just looking down on these little brats because they are brats and they could be a hell of annoying. But you know what? Like there's a young girl. She's doing a bunch of projects and I respect her project and I respect her content creation because there's a lot of older women twice, twice her caliber who have way more product than her who have way more kicks way more collection way more knowledge but they don't have this drive to create like this little girl and this little girl is doing a project and I gave her a few pointers and she was like yo thank you you know I have incorporated them into my work they were really good and her project is moving and it's like you know she's probably like 23 years old she's such a little chicken wing and I'm just like so excited <laughs> to see young girls wanting to create in this space and that's now 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 we need more what you're saying Sorry, now what you're saying is is, is absolutely true. But so one well, of the well, issues with now, what the, one of the issues with now well, no, is... I was making a point but, because I truly forgot the whole point of that. The point was, is the reason the little girl will listen to me is because my current sneaker game. So if it was just an old ass collection with no relevance into this community now, they look at you like, eh, you're an old head. But now once you're relevant and your sneaker game is still looking relevant and you're still having all the exclusives and you're still out there. Now they, they treat you different. They look at you different. So now you're not just a Joe Button complaining because Joe Button at the end of the day still makes old boom bat ass rap. Right. He's not changing. He ain't wavy with the kids and he ain't trapping with the kids. So now, you know. And sneakers always keeps me young. I, I attribute sneakers to why I, I feel and look so young. So right. now that I can show a history, a historical collection, but it's still be with the times, be with the shit, still have my favorite modern exclusives and, and modern sneakers that I love. Now the the feel, the vibe, and the way people take the way people take um advice changes okay okay let me, stop, let me stop you there that is, is a good point what you're trying to make the point about a mentor let's let's go back so i had somebody who had listened to the podcast since episode one they have posted on their ig story and said i'm done with the sneak this sneaker podcast they're on one show bashing a basketball sneaker but then on another show praising feelers and i said to myself man like that that's what like i am sorry i will always i i prefer a fila mind blower over a lebron 17 i do and now i grew up with a fila mind blower fila mind blowers aren't new fila has gotten this weird rap you know within the sneaker community but when fila had did the collaboration with like the 50 stores with the mind blower with raunchy yeah i with, have them um, you, i have them yeah, i have them all I, I I got I got 
five, six, seven, ten, twelve pairs of them. Like I bought it's those because the, the mind breaker I have. I have the New York City rhyme mind breaker. They made ninety of them, and it was in a moving museum. Yeah, okay. See, and that's where I love talking about the OG. Now you talk about advice. What it comes down to is this new generation, these chicken wings, you talk about them being receptive to conversation. That's how I'll put it. Like, can I have a super duper in-depth conversation about, uh, you know, the latest Supreme t-shirt? No, I'm aware of it. I know of it. But, you know, I would like to have a conversation to you about what's current and what's old. But I don't think a lot of younger people are receptive to it. Might be more different with women. But when it comes to men, they if they already like it or love it, you can't have a different opinion than that. Like, if they love the LeBron 17 and you say you don't love it, <laughs> they're heated. Hello? Can you hear me? Oh. Yeah. Oh, I can hear you now. I co-founded a Can you hear me? Yeah, I heard you. So I have okay. put it on mute. So I co-founded a oh. collective with um, with OG Yaya. She's also on, on Instagram. She's been, you know, she's a sneaker collector for a long time too. And um, she's also been in the business for a very long time. And she has some very interesting perspectives on this. And we started a collective together to amplify the voices of women in the sneaker culture and to connect them with different brands and to connect them all while leaving a legacy that's educational for women so they can look back at what we created and say, you know what? Oh, I understand this importance. So we had an event to highlight the Reebok 5411 because that's the first women's sneaker. So we wanted to start with that first project. And I lined the whole store up with uh, the walls with Reebok. Women were able to try them on. They were my personal pairs. They were able to try them on, wear them. Uh, we talked about its importance, its place in our history, why the sneaker is important, what is its relevance. We spoke about the facts, you know. The facts is, is that that's one sneaker model, one model was 50% of Reebok sales in the 80s. So you're talking hmm. about they were making 15 million at that time off of one model of a sneaker. It was the most important sneaker. So unless you know that history and you can present it, and you can show them because at the end of the day, they don't want to hear about it. They want to see it. So the way to see it is to see the actual product. So I brought, I have an 82 original Reebok. I have several collaborations from throughout the years that are like 15 years old, 20 years old anniversaries. When they can see the product and learn the history through actually looking at it, now we talking. But if you're just going to talk, 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 and you don't have that bag to back it up and you don't have that box of kicks... It's like, all right, you're just talking. So I've come to learn that a lot of modern, modern day learners, especially in this culture, are visible. Much like mm. when you look at YouTube, right? You hear somebody talk about sneakers, but you much rather see them in the sneakers or with the sneaker in hand. And when we had that event, it was predominantly young women and they were just so interested and after that a lot of them have contacted me and let me know that they've bought pairs and that they're very comfortable and that they love them and when are they going to make more different kinds of collaborations in that model and I've received a lot of that different feedback and it's so interesting because before that 
um, and that information, and, and we did a visual capsule for that. So the visual capsule lives on on our Instagram page, so you can go and see the stories of these women and why they love the sneakers. And we asked the women different questions. It was Q and A, so we asked them different questions and they were able to express themselves about the sneaker and what was its importance. And that teaches other women. And I think, you know, for me personally, that's always where I wanted to go was to teach other women because I didn't learn this by myself. And it's very important to have a mentor. And I think certain women are not okay with understanding that they've been mentored or have had a mentor and they're not open or receptive to it. Everybody wants that credit for doing it on their own for being their own person and it's like this is so much information there's so much product there's so many different things like as much as I know there's so many things I don't know and you know what it's interesting the person that be putting me like ooh, he he, he hits me with little facts that I'd be like damn I didn't remember the name of that sneaker classic Kenny when it comes up to what class like he's like an encyclopedia of OG things in his head and when we talk about something and it's, he's like, but you don't remember there was seven colorways of that. And I'm like, no, like the other day, he, he just randomly sends me messages, uh, voice memos. And he's like, um, I just copped two pairs. You remember the grandmama? And I'm like, which one? He's oh, like, yeah. Arrow jams. <laughs> yeah, but he, he bugs me out because he's like, with the 45 or the six? He's like, I'm looking for the converse with the six or the 45. And it's just like the different questions. And it's just like, damn, I don't even remember what you're talking about unless we get on the phone and he really jogs my memory. But. You know, that's to say that there's so much that I didn't learn. So, you know, mentors are just super important to keep the culture and keep the history alive. Because without that, you're giving brands opportunities to keep recreating. And this is not their culture. It's of the people. And that's why, you know, I love telling the stories about growing up, you know, making the decision on sneakers I had to buy. When I talk about Reebok, talk about Adidas, even talking about Nikes, you mentioned Classic Kitty. I love buying OGs and old ones, unwearables, whatever, and I keep them. And I know I'm not going to wear them because I can't or I'm not, but I love knowing them because that's the history that I have growing up with them, learning them. Like you said, the, the uh, Larry Johnson's Aero Jams, you had the Kevin Johnson's, you had a lot of sneakers. You know, people don't even remember when Converse used to be called Cons, right. you know, just the basketball just ones with the React Juice. Absolutely. You know, they when they started retroing the some of the Cons, they, they didn't put the React Juice bait again. So I, I had to tell people. People like when yo, where's the react the, juice? When they had the converse, uh, the um, Don C, the collaboration, I actually headed the influencer marketing campaign for that and got mm. a lot of great people in that sneaker. And I just wanted to see what some new people look like in an old sneaker and what their flex looks like. And it was amazing how. You know, I was able to to see people like Liz, uh, Liz B. Croft, right? How she rocked that sneaker. She rocked the hell out of it, but in a very modern version. And that made the photography, it made the swag, it made the feel of that sneaker so much more harder. But throughout the years, like, I've always loved, like, I love Adidas. You know, I've always loved Adidas. I always loved Nike. Like, I love every brand. I mean, I always give Reebok that credit of making me uh, uh, want to have lots of sneakers because I always envisioned right. having lots of Reebok when I first learned about the sneaker. But, you know, Jordan brand is always going to have my heart because at the end of the day, I grew up in the hood, a Jordan girl stomping with my sneakers. But then there's brands like Deodora. 
I fucked with Deodor heavy. Then you got Mizuno, you know, Mizuno. So Mizuno is one of my Which modern one? loves. It's one of my more modern, you know, loves of sneakers. And then you have the classic Pumas. So it's like I've dabbled in in everything. And that's what I think makes me a very seasoned collector is that to me, I'm looking for materials. I'm looking for updated technology. I'm looking to move forward. Like I can't be on this wave of buying a hundred pairs of Jordan ones. And for the people who love it, it's absolutely great because you love that one sneaker. Just like people right. say, all right, you don't like ones, but you have 150 pairs of fucking Reebok, which we don't understand why you have so many 5411s. And I hate like, that. <laughs> you can't have that view of that. Like you can't, you can't tell me like, see you and i love for something you love that reebok model i will never i have uh, the 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 continental 80s you know the ones that recently yeah. released that retro film those i have about 20 pairs of those and the people are like you got 20 pairs of those Why? but you don't like this and, and what <laughs> why i have i have like two pairs that. of those i have two pairs but in my defense i call them snacks because i I have like I have my taste for rare and exclusive, but I have a taste for most of my collection and what people love is is that and it's crazy because thirty years ago I was buying twenty years ago I was getting general release Jordans. Now they just happen to be the original retros and the most iconic and and it's like now, right? People are neglecting general releases, but in twenty years those are gonna be the boombastics right there. Those are gonna be the the flea sneakers. So it's like, right. and it's not always about having the rare and exclusive, but after so many years of collecting, I'm sitting on original 10s, 12s, 13s, right. 14s, 15s, 16s, 17s. I'm looking at a pair of 20s right now and a pair of original violets that's just sitting out in, in my crib. So it's like, why do I want to go back and buy more of the same or buy an updated unless mine are damaged? So the ones that are damaged, yeah, I'm going to cop them, but I'm not really going to indulge in something that my old eyes have seen for so many years. I want new. Well, even if even for the ones that I have that are OGs that are unwearable, if they retro again, I won't even buy it. Like, I'm not in a dire need to wear something, which, you know, I want to kind of talk about. So let's let's transition into like more sneaker stuff. So like, do you currently in your collection have a lot of DS sneakers? I have doubles. I'm a doubles person. If I like something, I'm going to buy two pairs. Like, I just got two pairs of Royals this morning because I know I'm a trash one. And then I'm going to have the other one to wear when I want to go out to dinner and go out with my friends. Okay. I'm a tr I trash sneakers. Like, bad. Like, I'm one that sometimes on a first wear, that's done. Like, I scraped it. I did something. I, I did something. But I do have DS sneakers from, like, 2011, 2012. Like, I, ha I always cop two pairs of SBs. So right now I'm sitting on two pairs of, of a lot of SBs, but as I've gotten older and this is, I want to say older, meaning the last two years, I've come to mm -hmm. understand that my collection is deteriorating. I've come to understand that I'm getting rid of a lot of sneakers. I've come to understand that I will never wear half of some of these sneakers as much as I should just because I've amassed so many. So I started, I have friends who are literally my same as same foot size, same everything. Yo, you want these? Take them for retail. So I have homegirls that are taking, oh, I'm offloading them to them, my doubles, because I know like the one I have is in good condition. I'm never going to damage it because I'm never going to wear it that much. So yeah, I do have a good amount of dub of, of DS because they're doubles.
and see that's what i had to start doing like i mean i used to my friends like once their kids got to a certain size i would say hey go ahead and take all my revises i love the revis but go ahead and take all of them he'd take, walk oh, out of here with about six seven pairs reminds of them me of sneaker galactus because not only does he have revis he got pe revis so um hmm. shout out to chat because he doesn't like me no, uh, <laughs> I don't know if he doesn't like me. Me and him got into it because I had talked about when we used to buy sneakers back in the day and how when you would buy the sneaker, you felt like that. Like if I went and bought a Jordan, I couldn't wait to go hoop and shoot a fadeaway. You know, if I bought Rodman's, I couldn't wait to go out there and try to play defense harder and rebound. Got you. He said that was stupid. He said that was stupid. And I said, if you were young and grew up, like, I bought questions. I couldn't wait to go outside and start doing crossovers. <laughs> like, I was doing crossovers in the house. You, and it's like, it's a different emotion. It's a different feeling for everybody, right? Me, I couldn't right. wait to put them, like, I will put on, I put on a foam and I feel like a thug. I'm a, don't tell me nothing in a foam because you may get it real fast. Like, don't tell me nothing in, <laughs> in a foam. You know, but you know, right. a sneaker like a, a sneaker like a, a Air Force One, you know, that lace may be a little floppy, you know, th it may crease. I'm not about creasing. So, you know, that's a smooth day for me. So sneakers are all about and all attached to our feelings and emotions. Someone had told me one day, like, yo, I notice every time you mad, you wear heat. So on a day that I'm like pissed off and I don't know what it is, I'll pick a pair of just some flamers. And throughout the whole day, everybody's like, oh, your sneakers are nice. Your sneakers look nice. And here I am like, <clears throat> I'm upset for the day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And my friend's like, yo, you always throw on some super fire when you're tight. And I'm like, I don't know what that's about. But you noticed it. And now I notice it every time. I guess it just makes me happy. You know, that's a good point because I wear Vans and Chuck Taylors when I'm in a really good mood. Like when I'm Yo, just relaxed, I ain't tripping. My mother, my mother calls those sneakers poor. She tells me in Spanish, why you want to wear those sneakers of poor people when you have all these other nice sneakers? So it sounds very funny in Spanish because the sneakers de lo pobre. So she's like, why you want to wear those sneakers de lo pobre? And you got all these other nice sneakers. And I'm over here because I love some some bands. I'm not really Chucks because there's not enough support for my ankles. But right. band collaborations, you know, the Nintendos and all the characters and Harry Potters and all that modern stuff. Right. I love it. I'm all for that. But my mom um, used to think they're poor sneakers. Has, you know, being quarantined in home and stuff like that, has it changed your view on sneakers? Like for me personally, like I and I asked you about the DS sneakers in your collection because I have so many DS pairs. And now I've been at home and kind of like been with my sneakers and looking at them with my family and stuff. I'm like, this is ridiculous because I'm dying to get back, not dying to get back out there. I want to be responsible. I want everybody to be responsible. But I can't wait to get back out there so I can undis all these. I'm done with having DS sneakers. Has your view changed being quarantined? Um, I think for the most part, if everybody digs deep inside themselves, they will see that they have some new thoughts that's pertaining to their sneaker love, passion, and collection. And I think everybody has like different thoughts about it. Me, I'm downsizing. Personally, I want to live normal. I don't want to have two rooms of sneakers, storage, in and out of storage. Like I'm just kind of tired of the lifestyle. I'm converting right. sneakers with horrible boxes and plastic boxes into the drop fronts. And I'm taking the doors off the drop fronts. 
So there are different things that I'm doing while I'm quarantined. Am I slowing down on copying? Not at all. But there's not enough Me sneakers neither. coming out. So what I did is I always keep a running list of sneakers I want. And I start taking it off the list as I cop. But because sometimes I don't get a chance to cop everything because in a week it'll be like five pairs of sneakers and I'll cop five and there's 10 that I really want. So, but I'm looking at like right now I have my Panda collection out. It's all my sneakers that are Panda inspired because I'm weird like that. I'll want, (laughs) I'll create my (laughs) own series like holograms. I love hologram sneakers. So I have my hologram collection. So I have like different weird collections that I want to finish. So I need a piece out of each of them in order for me to feel satisfied in my crazy head. So I think being quarantined, I've spent some time with my sneaker collection as opposed to throwing them on, dipping, coming back, putting them on again, taking just a day to organize them. I've come to really be able to organize them, look at them, see what I'm wearing, what I'm not wearing, what I'm harboring because of an emotion and what I'm harboring because I rock. So a lot of the times we may have sneakers that we still hold on to that we wear once every three or four years, but we love it because we bought it with our best friend who's not here anymore or grandma bought it for me or you know what? I love that sneaker, but it don't really fit me that well anymore, but I'm going to keep it there in case I want to wear it. So I think like for me, I've just been looking at wanting to wanting to downsize my collection and that's what uh, quarantine has really showed me. So I have a few friends who I'm like, you know what? I'm giving these all to you. I'm giving these all to you because I know organically they love them. So I'm like, here, take that. And see, that's where I was last night. Like I was, I'm at to the point, like me and my wife, you know, we're, you know, my wife's a realtor. She's one of the top realtors in Arizona. And, you know, we're like looking at our closet and I'm like considerately, like, like really considering calling somebody to like redesign our closet. But we were like, you know what? We'll just buy another house i was at the point last night to where so this week alone i have over i think i think it was about seven eight pickups and i'm i just have no space for them you know and you know i got to the point to where i'm now folding up clothes like stuff that was on hangers i gotta fold those up to make room for sneakers like all my pants are folded now on the shelf you know well my and, and, my apartment now is sneaker inspired like i have you know my shower bathroom set is the para Air Max One set. My living room has pictures of Air Maxes and the Adoras on the wall, just so that my house don't look crazy when you come in and see just a bunch of sneakers. So it kind of blends. So my whole apartment is sneaker inspired so that I don't look like a crazy sneaker person when you're walking <laughs> into a normal living room and you see just walls of sneakers next to your TV and I'm by your sofa. So you know, spending so much time with my sneakers is like, I've got to see, like, I haven't been wearing some, right? There's some that I, I was supposed to buy a piece for, you know, a jersey or a jacket or something I never did. Or I, the reason I bought, like, for an example, I, I have the exclusive, the Jordan uh, wing satin jacket that they only made 50 pairs in the Chicago mm-hmm. colorway. And I'm like, I got like four pairs of satins, but I don't have the first satin that came out the satin ones that came out so i'm like that jacket was made for that i i meant to buy it and i didn't because i kept going with different satins i went and got the fives i got the other women's ones the shattered backboards don't match so it's like now i gotta go back and get those so that's really what i've just been focusing on is trying to finish the collections and putting together the pieces that i bought because we were running so fast with time 
you know and now there's mm-hmm. not many collections there's not many stuff coming out so there's not many kicks so right now it's just about going backwards and i'm also lowballing everybody on ebay and stockx they're probably so mad at me i was talking to um <laughs> pr sneaks about this shout out ray we were talking about sneakers that we want that we're buying that nobody gives a fuck about like right. we we like one everybody hates one lows i like one lows because that's the sneaker that you slip on and you leave the house so that's we love one lows so i like them to go to the bodega i like them to go do laundry literally i they're they're already tied for the forever so all i gotta right. do is slip my foot in and i'm out and it's like they're perfect for that as opposed to actually like not many sneakers I feel that comfortable to just slide in and out. They're like my Uggs. I call them Uggs. But I have a, I, my first love of Jordans was not a one. It was a two. I have a two obsession. So my two game is stupid. But I love two hmm. lows. And it's so funny. Two lows are very underrated. So they're very underrated. But my, my boyfriend, he calls them, he calls them shoes, my zapatos. So when I wear them, he'd be like, oh, you're in the mood for heels today. I'm like, shut up because the, the front points up. So right. he says they're my shoes. So he's like, oh, you're in a mood for shoes today. So I just crack up. But there's so many sneakers that are underrated that people just don't care about. And I was talking to Ray about it. Like, you know, how are you spending quarantine? And he's like, well, I'm copying some stuff that nobody cares about. And I'm like, me too. Which ones? And we're talking about just a list of sneakers and, you know, the prices. And that we're lowballing everybody. So I'm on eBay sending offers for $50, $60 on things. I sent about 20 I got two people accepted the other day. And on StockX, I'm doing the same thing. I'm throwing out these bids. If you want them, you, you take. I call them crackhead bids. I'm putting them out there. If you need the money, it's reasonable. It's a little bit over retail. I'm not offering you too much. If you're going to take it, you take it. And people are taking. So that's what I'm and noticing. That's what- I've been doing that a lot on eBay, too, since we've been in the house. Like a lot of the AirTech Challenge 2s, the ones that were like astronomical prices a while ago, Wimbledon's, U.S. Open, stuff like that. I'm seeing them popping up places a lot more lately, and I'm hitting them with the low balls. And they're not biting yet, but when they just keep reposting their stuff on eBay another 30 days and doesn't sell again another 30 days, they'll bite. You know, oh, yeah. They'll I have bite somebody eventually. who has had, I've been watching a pair of sneakers for like mm, i want to say eight months <laughs> and i sent them a very reasonable mm-hmm. offer i keep sending them the offer and sending them the offer and they have wrote back to me you know thank you but you know i'm waiting i know i could sell them for this price and i'm like right. mm, maybe in like another two years maybe because i've been watching them for nine months so they're not really gonna go yo they were just i know i caught somebody's vein i know i caught somebody's vein because i was like you know but if you want i was like you know what you want me to pay through another method you want me to pick them up i will pick them babies up and they were just <laughs> they were just over me they were like no thank you but then there's some people that some companies on ebay that you already know like i've known uh what is it kaylee 1001 or something like that the name is they okay. sell at the highest they're the highest price of every sneaker and they've been like mm. that for like 10 years just selling out for 10 years and it's wild to see that just like one um <sighs> Croatian style when you used to see Croatian style uh-huh. on eBay Croatian style had the highest prices yeah I mean they're like soul supremacy has been on eBay for a long time oh, there. of course a lot of these companies I know them from eBay I never knew them on social media right and and when I see them on social media I'm like wait a minute I know them off yeah. eBay <laughs> like soul supremacy I, I copped a lot I, I, I took out my rat- my horrible horrible 
um, anniversary 11s, the white um, Jordan anniversary 11s that are freaking urine colored at this point. And when I took out the original receipt to put them in the drop front, it was from Soul Supremacy. Um, I was going to say going back, you said you're one of those people that love to finish the collections. Do you like even the thought or the possibility of like this week? They said Grinch's supposedly going to get re-retroed. The possibility, actually Yeezy being okay with Nike wanting re-release Yeezys. Do you like seeing sneakers like that retroed? Absolutely. I'm not one of these people that feels like you shouldn't retro a sneaker a hundred times. There are 80 million people trying to cop these sneakers. So it's like you're never going to get every sneaker. Nobody's ever going to get every single exclusive, every single sneaker, unless you're like T-Mark. Um, but nobody's ever going to get every single sneaker like that. So it's like, you know, there's certain people that, you know, they go out there and they this is a this is a sport, you know. This is our own sport. You know, you have this is mimicked after basketball and after sports. But in that end of the game, you know, at the end of the day, getting these sneakers, it's its, it's, its own hoops that we have to jump through. So it's like so many people never got to like the first Yeezy. The silhouette is dope. The second one on Nike is dope. The silhouette is still hasn't been to this day. There's, I don't think there's anything from Nike that looks like that. They've tried it uh, and it stinks. Kyrie six a little bit. And we try. Can't even know. compare that. That's just like what the. But yeah. at the end of the day, at the time, they also didn't make many small sizes. So you have a handful of women who have that sneaker. So it's like now the times have changed. So every time you retro something that hasn't, and I don't want to say retro, like it came out in 2016 and now it's coming out again. I want to say something that hasn't come out in a decade because right now your sneaker is trashed. So if I have a sneaker like 95 OG neon, mine OG is trashed and my retro is trashed. So now I need another one. So it's like, there's so many sneakers that I could use, you know, I have grape 95s, women's grapes. I have four pairs of them because every time they retro, I need to get one because I keep trashing them. Those are sneakers that you wear. So if you wear the sneaker and they're retroing it, cool, you have a chance and an opportunity to get it again. My problem with retros is that they're never the same material and sometimes they're missing details that represents the nostalgia. So you want to. Oh, no, no. So, so before you even say that, I call. Like when they re-release a Jordan 4, if it doesn't have the Nike on the back, it's a replica to me. Right. I call them replicas replica. because it's, Variant. you, you know, it's, it's out of shit, a variation. Yes, it's not. And people get mad. Yo, it's not a replica. No, you know what? It, it's not the OG version. I get upset when Nike Jumpman and everybody's like, this is getting ready to release in the original cut. What have I been wearing? I thought I was wearing the original cut all the five times you retro now let me talk let's go back to the yeezys and the grinch now there's two different ways i classify like a legend the jordan three the grinch, jordan I just four don't five understand. those are legends i don't understand why now like unless it's on christmas then you want to release a grinch and because right. it's a colby and i think more people will buy that sneaker now than as many people dubbed it because at the time like i had the opportunity to get those or to get a kd4 and I was like, eh, I'm going to get the KD4 because I was obsessive with KD4s. So I wasn't even too crazy. But I do love time. Kobe. Kobe's not here with us anymore. So I'll cop a Grinch now just because I want to honor Kobe. 
and I want to celebrate him maybe during Christmas time and celebrate his kids during Christmas time because of the story. And I think Nike wants to capitalize on that story. So, 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 so let me, let me, let me say this real quick. So when I, when I talk about the retros of stuff, a, a Yeezy 2 and a Grinch are legendary for different reasons. Correct. Jordan 3s and all that are legendary for a different reason. Correct. When I see a Grinch come out, and like you said, we, when it comes to Kobe sneakers and stuff like that, for all the years, obviously before his passing, you know, it was sneaker heads and, you know, some Laker fans, you know, we were competing for those. When I see a Grinch comes out, it has to be a GR. Like, it has to be because we are no longer competing with sneakerheads to buy this we're creating for the casual uh, kobe fan the laker fan like we'd almost be competing with the world i don't want to see a sneaker like that again be exclusive to a few a yeezy too everybody should be able to have an opportunity to get a Yeezy 2 if a retro. It takes away how special it makes some feel with it, but the competition for it would be astronomical. Like, and you equated it to sport. We call giving somebody our $300 for a sneaker a win. We call somebody not letting us giving $300 an L. Right. <laughs> so... I don't want to see a Kobe Grinch or a Yeezy 2 release unless everybody could possibly have a better shot of getting it. Yeah, all right. But you know what? Realistically, we don't have a shot of getting all of our sneakers. It is of course just, not. It's just it's part of the same flow that we have with every other sneaker. It's no different unless you're Yeezy right now who's doing who is making sure that everybody gets his sneaker. What right. he's doing with one model of sneaker is making sure everyone touches it. The Yeezy, the 350 V2 is the new Uptown. Everybody's rocking that. That's your new 100%. That's your new Air Force One. That's your new Uptown. That's your new hood sneaker. That's your new everybody has that sneaker. He's making sure everybody has that sneaker. You see what it takes to make sure everybody has that sneaker. He's retroing. He's re doing wide re-releases which is differing different from just uh retroing and just getting it out he's doing wide releases five times on the same model per model coming back out and, and sending it do out do you like and that i think it gives people the opportunity to get the sneaker i'm all for the opportunity for people getting the sneaker i could care less about the value if it brings it down if it makes it because i'm all like i just want to wear it and i think people should just want to wear the sneaker so if it's that you can't get the sneaker i'm a by any means necessary type of sneaker collector there is no no for me there is no i can't get it there's no i can't touch it it's just the methods that people do to get these sneakers like you only have one method and if i could drop game is like you need a network you need people that all buy sneakers and you can't keep every sneaker. So there's some sneakers you got to give up for the sake of getting your next sneaker. So it's like sometimes people get exclusives and they don't even like it, but they're going to keep it because they paid retail on, on, on the Nike draw. And it's like, why you don't even like it? Now the next sneaker comes out, you really like it. You can't get it. It's 1500 on StockX. There's different reasons. So it's like 
you haven't built a network of people where you discuss sneakers, you trade sneakers, you sell sneakers to each other, you get sneakers from Utah, you ship them to Miami, you have sneakers in New York, you ship them to LA. So it's like, if there's anything that I could influence is create a small network for yourself of people who buy sneakers, not like sneakers is different. People who have sneakers in the same collection caliber and they collect at the same rate as you and then from there you will be able to you'll be able to try and cop at a better rate so it's like there is no you're not going to get that sneaker from me and I just think that like people accept the losses (laughs) this is my empowerment speech now don't accept Mm. the L's if you're only relying on nike.com and you know what a lot of places don't have the luxury of New York right so um, I have friends in Utah, right? So, mm-hmm. and they love collecting. I remember when Miami Knights came out, the lows, everybody was like the LeBrons. Everybody's like, yo, I need to get my hands on them. I need to touch those. And it's like, oh, that's going to be a hard one because they will have to drive eight hours from Utah down to Vegas where they were coming out in a house of hoops. And they were planning right. on camping there all night. And it was really planning. <laughs> it was really a lot of planning. But at the end of the day, what they caught from that store was not for them to keep because they didn't really want that sneaker. But then on this side of town, they wanted bins. So it was like, yo, you caught bins for this price. Let's go back and forth and let's try and get these sneakers that I want and sneakers that you want. And I just don't feel I just that I can't get it just doesn't apply to me. Uh, I, I think a lot of the, one of the main issues too is a lot of people, what you're saying is something that used to be done a lot, you know, back in the day it was networking with people who wanted the sneakers. Uh, right now I find a lot of networking groups, you know, also sell a lot more. Um, like for me personally, if I got something that I didn't necessarily want, but I could make a good amount of money off of it. I would sell it because then I can go buy five, six pairs of something that I know I'm going to wear and I, and I like. Truth, truth, truth. So I think it's kind of hard for some to follow that networking. I think like, you know, sneakerheads like you and I, we could. You know, there's a lot of us who've been in it for a long time that do have that base no, of people. I think a lot of people, who, a lot of people can. It's just a lot of people don't, you know, have some people skills and have some. Right. Have some sense of self when it comes up to your sneaker game, right? Just don't keep everything because you could get it. Just don't, like, um, what's new? Uh, I love, um, I'm trying to think of something that I didn't love. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of something that I didn't love. Um, oh, uh, the Black Cause. So I, I caught the Black Cause and I caught it for retail. And I was like, mm. when I put it next I to the gray, I was like, I'm never going to wear this. I'm just never going to wear it. And hmm. and me personally, black suede, I'm going to tear it up. So I'm like, you know what? I I knew that I wanted uh I knew that I wanted uh, a few other sneakers. So I was like, you know what? Let me see who in my network wants this even if they even if they will resell it. I don't care. I'm just looking for my sneaker and I'm looking for what I want. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it works out that way. It can. I mean, I had black cause. I had two pair of black cause fours as well, and I traded one and gave some cash for off white presser or the OG. Well, so, I'll tell you like you know, a, an amazing short story. Um, the day the causes, the gray ones came out. Um, they released mm-hmm. them in the Brooklyn Museum in Brooklyn, and I, I actually am the person that figured out that they were releasing there, and I let all my 
my peoples know. And, you know, we, everybody was the first 10 online because uh, I contacted, well, I did the mathematics. A year before that release, um, Cause had a big exhibit. And I was trying to figure out where in the city they would do a Cause release. So we have people driving by the normal Nike spots where they do pop-ups. And right. and they, and this is like I'm talking about like 30 spots and so in different boroughs and everybody's w- driving by to see if there's paper on the wall on the windows to see if there's any installations being built nothing so I'm like but he just had an exhibit last year in the Brooklyn Museum so it's like all right cool but there's nothing we call the Brooklyn Museum and Brooklyn Museum has nothing on the schedule for any kind of Jordan release or any collaboration with Jordan so I'm like. All right, maybe it's his basketball court. So we're figuring it out. Finally, I I call somebody who's a friend who has access to any sneaker that comes out. It draws a lot of uh, people, a crowd. You have to have a permit for it. So okay. I'm like, yo, can you check for me if there's any permits for the Brooklyn Museum for tonight? And person checked. Person said, yes, there's a permit under this name. That's an alias for Jordan brand. I said, thank you. So at three in the morning, we was out and everybody was on the line. And I sent a friend, but I wasn't, I didn't go myself because I had to work in the morning. So um, a few of my friends were on the line. My friend was on the line to get my pair. So we were able that when security saw the first few people on the line starting to make the line, they were like, how the fuck did you figure this out? Like, what the fuck do you people do to figure this out? Security was like, there's no way this could have leaked because the the museum itself didn't know that this was going to happen. But this, right. is, the, this is what I mean by any means necessary. I'm going to use this noodle noggin known as my brain to figure out. And I'm like, you know what? Boom. This is where it came out. And people were jumping, getting back on the line, getting a second pair. We're 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 horrible in New York. Uh, I, I will say this, and I always tell everybody, like when on social media and sneaker publications, when they show, you know, people who are like still getting in altercations or fightings and stuff, a lot of the times it's still in New York. And I said, you know so what, crowded. I don't. Huh? So yes. Okay. Yes. So, and I said, you know what? I understand why because it's so much work to navigate in New York that by the time you actually get to your destination, you're really not trying to deal with the crowds and the people next to you. Parking, if you got to take the train to the spot, if it's raining, if it's cold, if whatever the elements are. Even if you pay to play, right? Because out here, a lot mm-hmm. of resellers will hit off security manage store managers everybody plays to to get pieces out here right but Mm. even if you do that right and you're walking down the block to jump on that line the eyes the pressure and the way people are looking at you is like oh this person better not go to the front you know we've been waiting here for 10 hours this is a riot you know and it's like that's what gets people upset is the disrespect it has nothing to do with with the actual sneaker or wanting the sneaker or robbing the sneaker if people really wanted to rob people, you're on a line with in New York. Sometimes these lines are 1000 to 3000 people you have. I remember when Yeezys was just lit V2s and Belugas and all these sneakers. Uh, you have Foot Lock on 34th Street, 42nd Street. We have lines of thousands of people you waiting. And these people won the sneaker already. You're not even waiting to get it. You want it on the app. Right. You're just on a line for three hours and you're literally moving through the street, moving through the store, moving through the stairs, 
it's so long of a process that you have time to for somebody to step on you, somebody to push you, somebody to spill something on you. You got people that want to mm. smoke all over you. Then you're like, excuse me, you know, this is my space. You got security being very aggressive, telling you to move over a hundred times. And I get it. A lot of people don't listen, but just the tone and the way you're asking people is could create conflict because you're not realizing that people are agitated and upset for waiting for so long because you didn't expect the process. You don't expect the process where you start technically online. It works out smooth. You won. You're going to pick up. They give you a time and the time they give you has a thousand other people. So it's like, of course, that's going to create some uh, bad taste. And then furthermore, when you have go through that experience, you're going to be tight. So there's a lot of room for these young people because it's really the youth that starts getting into it. But, you know, I did see a video the other day of somebody blatantly getting robbed for sneakers. So that does happen, but that doesn't make it to social media. What makes it to social media is the volume and the pandemonium around getting the sneaker. Uh, you know, what's funny is like out here, you know, with New Yorkers, you guys are constantly on top of each other. You know, you're used yeah. to the crowd and the movement and stuff like that. Crazy. So it's like out here when it came to sneaker camp out or sneaker events that, you know, us being grouped up and crowded like that was a rare occasion it would be sneaker releases so there could be which was always was it always be some that would be disrespectful uh people that you never came across a lot of times you know we got you know you know there's your cats out here you know you know they rough you know they come through bust their way through the lines wasn't nobody gonna say a single word you know but you know because a lot of people didn't see those people you know, often I've, I've or weren't around them often. robbed as a woman you know i got robbed for kd4 nerfs um i did get the pair what? back but they did rob me in harlem in front of a house of hoops um i had too many pairs and i was too out in the open and i was cashing people out um uh, because i sent the pair like down to my dad I, I had a pair for um at the time my boyfriend so it was like you know, I was trying to get three and four pairs and I was throwing them in right. my trunk and somebody came behind me. And, you know, I've had another time. I've had another instance where there was a riot that broke out in front of 21 MRSA, which it was the day the I only remember it by sneaker. Uh, the DB7 came out. Uh, what was that last year or the year before? Um, um. Yeah, it was the DB Jordan 7 with the blood, the black and the blood spatter all over it. Yeah, with like the kid yeah. or the man under the clear soul, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Yep. So with that one, with the little rock star. So when right. that one came out, um, it Those was... Right for that? God. It was fucking crazy because I forgot what other sneakers were coming out that day. And there was the illest riot. And I just had got to the front of the store and I was able to just get right inside. They saw that I was a girl's like literally my face was like on the glass because they were pushing so hard and they were pushing the whole line into the store and I was getting squashed and they pulled me into the store and it wasn't for that sneak. I just can't remember what else came out that day, but it was another one. But there's been a lot of times where, you know, I won a black 750 uh, Yeezy from Kif and there was goons literally in front of the store looking for people to rob and you could you could spot who they are a mile away because you see these guys looking you know wearing black 
and you see them looking like thugs. You don't. And to me, I could tell by their footwear. Your footwear don't tell me you a sneakerhead here to get a sneaker. Your footwear tells <laughs> me that you in a black tight Air Force One. You looking to catch somebody right now. You in a choked Air Force One, <laughs> a choked black Air Force One. You looking for a lick right now. So it's like I look at I could spot in a whole crowd people just looking side to side, looking who they gonna get. And you got your cheeker, you got your cheek, your sneaker choked up like that. You you ready to run? You ready too. to run, right? So what happened is, is that that day, when you walked through the crowd into the store, it was like such a crowd. You could feel people's hands touching your hands because they trying to grab a bag. Oh no! Literally, you felt that. So you had to park. You had to tell the Uber to stay right in front of the store and don't move, and pay the Uber extra money not to do that. Run in the store. That's work. Pull out your sneaker, run out. And when you're running out, you're holding the sneaker under your jacket for, for your life to jump in the car. And you're feeling hands grabbing to see if you got the sneaker and to see who you are. And you see people looking at you tough. And it's crazy because, you know, I'm five foot eight. So I'm a taller woman. So I could see a lot and I could see a lot of the young boys and I could see a lot of the small people. But for somebody who's small, for a small woman, to go in and deal with that and have to come out and not be able to see her parameters and see everything and be on point, that's real hard. And a man can easily come and take advantage of you. So anyway, that day, I did see somebody get the life slapped out of them and punched in the face, dropped them to the floor, and homie ran with two bags of two Yeezys, of two black 750s. And see, that's, that's crazy. Like out here... And uh, we're in Arizona, you know, boy, I remember when DB4s came out, it was pandemonium. But, you know, somebody would go inside, get their sneakers and people in line would be like, can I look at them? And they take them out the bag and everybody would look at them like, man, that's you cool. You know what I love? I, even... I love the resellers in Soho. The many you like, uh, I think one of the most epic days was when the first time the V2s, the zebras came out. The first time the zebras came out, that's when they were selling them for two thousand fifteen hundred. Right. So. Everybody, all the resellers are always outside on in Mercer uh, or outside on Adidas, anywhere where there's a exclusive release. They're outside trying to cash you out. So they're like, yo, oh, yeah. they're like, yo, we buy, we buy, we buy, we buy. Yo, you selling, you selling, you selling. So on that day, like, you, don't, you don't need a Yeah, you don't need to go to that. You don't need to go. To, and that's another jewel. If you don't have a, if you didn't win the sneaker. Still go to the store and show up and see who's selling it because you never know when you're going to catch somebody who just bought it just to make a quick $50 outside because that's the reality that they're going to make. There's some people that they they don't really know value. They just want to make a quick 50, quick 100. They'd be ready to sell it to you right outside the store. So be there and be present. So that day. Everybody who won the sneaker went to go pick up their sneakers from the Adidas on, on Spring Street. The streets were lined of people just looking for the sneaker, wanting to wear it, <laughs> wanting to buy it. So you see people, I'm about to sell it to this guy for 2400 And everybody's like, yay! Then another one, I'm about to sell for 22 Yay! But those are the literally the numbers that they're screaming out. 17 yay! But you got people walking around with this kind of money to just give to resellers and it's just right. incredible but that day was epic because everybody was reselling in the street and everybody was copping a resell i don't think there was anybody that won that sneaker that was keeping it that day and <laughs> and then then they retroed it six times and all those people who paid two thousand are sick how are mom and pop 
shops in New York. Are they, they don't still exist. around? They don't okay. Exist. When I talked about, I talked to Skate a few weeks ago, and I don't know if you know who Skate the Great is. You of know, course. he's one of the homies in California. So you know, we talked about mom and pop shops. Well, I'm from California, and even out here in Arizona, we had a few mom and pop shops. But the mom and pop shop, I feel like, is like always been a New York thing. And I remember I had a little back and forth with. I can't remember who it was, but it was somebody who was involved with like the store that Fat Joe has. Oh, and yeah. I, yeah, and I kept telling people, I kept saying like, man, I hate when a lot of celebrities, you know, get involved with their own stores and when stores like Kith and Stadium Goods and stuff like that become these tourist attractions because you, your people will go to a Kith to go buy a regular Adidas shell toe when they could go get the shell toe from the mom they and pop. They want the experience. Just, they want the experience. About, right now, what it is, is you have destination shops. So these are shops Facts. that you want to travel to just to visit and just to buy something from to explore the culture and to get that experience. And I think there's a few stores that really master experience so that you really feel it. But in what happened is the brands control the stores because they control their product. Now, Nike has their own stores now, their own apps. So what do they need these shops for? But they know that they can't pull out of big box stores because a lot of stores, especially like a Foot Locker, relies on Nikes. Like if you take Nikes out of Foot Locker, I don't think we'll have a Foot Locker anymore. No, go out of business. Yeah, they'll go out of business. So what happens is when you don't give exclusives to mom and pop shops, People don't go to them anymore. And back in the day, mom and pop shops, at least if you had a tier zero account, mm-hmm. right, you would still get maybe one hot product a month. You'll get some shit. But now you don't have that type of tiering anymore. You're keeping all the product for your website and your launches so that you can make 100 percent on that. And then you have mom and pop shops just falling apart unless they convert to digital. But then. Certain brands say, now you can't sell this product online. You can only sell in-store. The brands really, really destroyed mom and pop shops. To me, mom and pop shops are much better in Japan than New York because you find jewels of sneakers out there. Have they rated it now? Yes. You don't find that one no more what you used to find in Japan. But now you used to like I used to go into this store. This store had one of the first Jordan accounts in like ever. It was called Bob's. It was a sneaker store, just Bob's sneaker store. They had one of the oldest Jordan accounts. I think they closed when their Jordan account was like 37 years old. Like Hmm. even before the brand was officially launching product, they were already established, set up, selling Nikes, selling athletic wear. They had that account for so many years and they had to close because they just weren't cutting it. Because nowadays, you know, you have to have staff. In order to cover your overhead, your staff, you know, then you then these mom and pop shops now have to jump into creating content and marketing where before right. they didn't. So now you have to have a big bag behind you in order to do that and a great team and a great vision and a great concept. There was a store in Long Island called Sneaker Aquarium. Little shit was filled with water and sneakers, literally dope ass concept but the location was so out there you couldn't even get out there to enjoy it so it was a bad location but a bomb idea but the more you see those those types of of shops pop up is the more that you will on you know 
the more concept shops pop up is the way we'll get that feel of mom and pop shops. But that's hmm. that's done out here. Right now, it's all about big box, you know, the Foot Lockers, the Nordstrom, the House of Hoops, the Flight 23s, the Nikes, the Adidas flagship, 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 Puma flagship. It's all about the flagships right now. I do love what they've done with Foot Lockers and, and where they've created these mini malls where product is segregated by brand or by um, like it has a different feel. So you have the kids for locker next door to the fly zone next door to the house of hoops, but it's all in one space. It's just different rooms next door to the Puma shop next door to the women's shop next door to the uh, Timberland shop. Literally they're little rooms of just all one product. And I love like, you know that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I love it. Cause it lets you dig deeper into that one product. You know, one of the things that we were talking about, like those, you know, the experience is, you know, the very first time I ever went to New York, my mind was like, I got to get to Kith, you know, and I love Kith and the feeling of it when Which you're Kith in there. Which Kith did you go to? Uh, the one was closer to Manhattan. I'm not sure. What I, the Bleaker, the Manhattan uh, one. Bleak, Bleak. Yeah, yeah, Bleaker. Yeah. So I went to that. I think I've been to all of them. I'm not sure. I've been to New York a bunch of times, but I loved. Well, does the Bleaker one have treats too? Yeah. Okay. So um, I liked the feeling in there. Like I went in there spending money on sneakers that I knew I think I could have found cheaper elsewhere. But it just felt good to have the Kith bag. You're at the register, and you know they got the mannequins are dressed dope. I and love when they Kith bring out Brooklyn the so much, and I love it more than next time try Kith Brooklyn because okay, you get that. Um, I don't know, maybe because it's me. Downtown Brooklyn is a very nostalgic feel. Downtown Brooklyn used to be where Fulton Street was, where you went and cop sneakers when you were young. And right next to Kiff in Brooklyn, you got Vinnie Styles, which is a very, you know, rappers rapped about Vinnie Styles, Fab, you know, Jay-Z for years, you know. So you get to kind of experience Vinnie's, you get to experience Kiff, and you get to kind of, the two together give it that feel of of real Brooklyn and and just swag, you know, because you're seeing a lot of style in both stores. And then the treats is just epic because I just love cereal. So they just, they hit it on the nose <laughs> for me. But um, I heard Kiff Miami. I haven't gone there since it opened. It's been a minute. So I got to go test that out. But I've had some great experiences like sneaker shopping in Miami, sneaker shopping in Vegas. You know, when Urban Necessities was um, at the Boulevard Mall, I, man, that was the first time I ever seen a resale shop that size. Right. And they throw out, they put out all the same model of everything they have. So, you know, like a flight club, if they have a Adidas, if they have a Yeezy, they're going to put that one right. Yeezy and the sizes on the bottom. No, Urban right. Necessities puts all of them out. So you're looking at a whole rack of just Yeezys. And then underneath, you're looking at a whole rack of another exclusive. And the visual of that was just... Makes you want to buy. Makes you want to buy, but it was just, it's so overwhelming. You're like, who the hell puts out? You can never do that in New York. They'll take that one sneaker. They will take the <laughs> one sneaker out here. So it, it's just an it was an ama amazing visual. Yeah, no, that's and that's you know just creative branding, marketing, and how you set up your shop. You know, talking to you know Jay, uh, two Jay from Urban Necessities. You know, he talked about how like that store saved that mall. Like that mall was done. 
But having people camped out at a well, resale shop is crazy. Was just, it's not a mall for young. It wasn't a mall that had stores for young people was what it is. Right. So that mall was just, it wasn't a store for young people. It have very much, it has older shops, handmade. Um, They make like handmade um Sweet 16 dresses in there. They have um customization It was like this mall we have out here. Shops. It's a right. very small, it was a very small mall that was catered to an older demographic. So yes, between having urban necessities and the presence of an EB Kicks kiosk in the same mall is mm-hmm. what gave, it's what had, because all the kids hang out like by the EB Kicks. They come say hi to the kids that work there. They come take pictures with Kenny. So having that representation of sneaker culture, two big names in one place is what gave it that feel. And when I went there, I went and I got food from a street cart um, in Kitchen, Las Vegas. He's a street dude who turned his life around and makes like this incredible street cuisine, shrimps and all this amazing teriyaki rice and all of this, literally right outside. So I got that, I busted down and I ate it, went right into the Boulevard Mall. Went to EB Kicks, got some cleaners that was up to everybody was loving that feel because it's they are so warm and welcoming and then you go into urban necessities and they told me they were like yo if you want to go see a nice sneaker store go to urban necessities so i went and when i went in there i was like they had a back wall with like uh the yeezy air force ones with the bear and they had like multiple pairs of them in the back on a graffiti wall i was like this is so dope this is amazing. <laughs> and so just that small experience there was really dope. But then going down Miracle Mile and, you know, seeing the Flight 23 there, Foot Locker there, they don't have the same product that they do in New York. Because just like Miami, I love to go to Miami to get foams because they don't sell out over there ever. They never did. Right. Foams never sold out in Miami. So if you wanted a Galaxy, if you wanted something dope, you go straight to Miami. And you're going to get them there. They actually, the Miami Collective has a sneaker that I need really, really bad. And um, I, I'm not ready to pay that price for it. What but is it? It's the foam, the Tianjin. Oh, okay. That's uh, a good They have foam. my size, though. They're sitting on my size for a while. And they have a good price on it. I'm just not ready for that price right now. Because I don't, me personally, I have a price limit. I don't spend thousands on sneakers. I don't spend 1500 on a sneaker. I don't spend, I don't, I don't think I've spent over 800, maybe 700, seven, 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 I think is how much I've spent the All highest right. I've spent on a sneaker. And that gotta be real good. thirsty. That gotta be like, like, like I need it, please. Or if not, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna die if I don't get it. Or now, uh, paying like now paying now paying a price like that for a sneaker, you're gonna wear it, right? I wear all my sneakers, so that's okay. not even a question. Like, and not only that, I seem to wear more of my expensive sneakers. Like, sometimes I I'm just weird. I don't know. Like I said, sneakers tie back to emotions. Sometimes I like a sneaker so much that I wear it for like a week or two straight, and I shouldn't, because then my other sneakers don't get worn. So it's like I'll wear a sneaker for a week or two straight. Like I'm looking at sneakers right now while I'm speaking. I'm looking at my Jordan Elements, the collection. So I haven't worn those that I'm going to say like three years, any of them. 
like there's sneakers that I have pinnacles that I've never Jordan pinnacles that I've never worn the BB adapt. I wore it once. I'm not crazy about that. Hyper adapt. I wore it like twice. So a lot of sneakers don't get that much love only when I need to wear them because there's just so many. Now there's sneakers that I truly love. And especially if I'm going to pay, then I'm going to wear them more because I really want to beat them down. But then you have sneakers that are just like your everyday beaters. My everyday beaters are my expensive sneakers. And then the cheap ones, I usually want to wear them for a reason with a nice outfit or because of the color or something. Is something going on there. But there's this, you know, I, I, I never understood people who buy sneakers and just look at them or can't or don't wear them or don't want to mess them up. I don't understand that concept. See, that was that's kind of where I was right now being quarantined when it comes to like looking at my sneakers. I undiased my Travis Scott sixes to the grocery store the other day Heard because you. I just did. And, and I wouldn't have done that. And I had made this pledge to myself that, you know, a lot of these sneakers, I'm going to undiased. They them look all, so dope with the yellow laces. And see, I never change laces out of stuff sometimes. I just I hate putting them through the holes. Like I, I just relace don't even feel everything. Like it. I take off that factory lace. I'm, I used to be, when I was younger, I used to lace di in diamond shape. I used to lace in all different shapes. I was really good with lacing. I used oh, to, yeah. Everyone used to do used that. To Weave patterns, laces. all kind of I stuff. I used to tie two laces together and make all kinds <laughs> of the patterns. And it's crazy because that. I have some, I, and I would make it like a, I would make it like ceremonious. Like on a Friday night, I got two new pairs. I'm going to have a drink. I put the music on. I'm chilling. I'm talking to my friends on the phone bugging out and i just start lacing my sneakers with it because it takes time i have the jordan 15 the women's boot that comes up to the knee i have never spent so much time relacing a sneaker <laughs> than that because the lace is elastic so it's elastic with two um lace tips on it it is so hard because you got to throw your foot in it and then reshape right. it same thing with the tishi highs the air force highs Yo, oh those, my goodness, those joints are those, those are me, for warriors. Those took me two to three hours to lace one day. Just taking it all out, sticking my foot in, starting it out on foot, taking it off, and keep going. It took me so long. I don't even know why it took me that long for that shit, because it shouldn't, but it just did. But I make a ceremony out of everything with sneakers. That's why it's such a lifestyle with me. So I take my time lacing. I clean all of my sneakers before they go away back in their boxes i don't put dirty sneakers away i have to clean my sneakers because i dirty them really bad i drop food on them the other day i wore tiana <laughs> taylor glc my dog drooled all over them so it was like i always clean my sneakers i make it a habit of that and when they die and they crumble i make sure to have a sneaker funeral i remember all the good things about me wearing them i remember why i bought them i remember where i bought them i said Say goodbye to them. They're a good sneaker and they go away. <laughs> I say happy sneaker funerals. I can't see with me. Like I, I would love to say I clean my sneakers all the time, but I don't wear them enough to where I feel like a cleaning is necessary. Like I'll open a box and I'll be like, man, these dirty. Like it'd be food on me, it. And I'm like, well, that's wear. it. One wear and they have to be clean because one wear my soul has black scuffs all over them. My toe box has something that I just ate. Whatever I ate is on my sneakers. Like, I'm a mess. I step on my own foot. But I also realized I have a habit of twisting my feet, like, while I'm standing, and they touch each other. That also is horrible. I also, when I come upstairs, I kick the stairs the, with my toe Me box too. all the fucking time. 
so, going up in the stairs and down the stairs. I'll hit the hill on the stair and I'll like, hit the toe growing box. Up, growing up the way I did with parents who, who love sneakers, my father taught me very young how to clean my sneakers. He taught me with a toothbrush and the things he used to put on his Pipe sneakers, hand. I would never put on my sneakers nowadays. But <laughs> he used to take out dishwashing soap, bleach, shout, yep. all kinds of things, depending on what the material was. And he will always finish his leather sneakers with Pond's cream. Till this day, my father still puts Pond's cream on his leather jackets and his leather sneakers. Always. <laughs> he conditions his sneakers. I learned that from my dad. And that's primarily a reason why my collection is still in, a, in really good shape. Because I've always adopted to either putting some coconut oil, rubbing coconut oil on some sneakers. Like if you take a dull 11 and you just rub coconut oil all over it, that sneaker's vibrant as fuck. And I still... Like, like you talk about like how your dad taught you how to clean them. I remember that. Like we would take, I would take the powder detergent with a little dishwashing soap and I would mix it in a pie pan, whatever we had. Yeah. Thanksgiving pie pans. We'd save those, mix yeah. them up toothbrush and I would clean them. And then even to this day though, I still condition the leather like to make it look, right. give it that shine and plush, you know. That's amazing. So it's like my parents, they taught me so like I, my mom, I say she has sneaker folklore. Because I've never heard these things that she says, but it's just like how I was raised. Like we never did white sneakers in the winter. White sneakers was for the summer. So the minute Easter comes, all white sneakers come out. White K-Swiss, white Air Force right. One, white Reebok Classics. All the white sneakers was for the summer. And then in the winter, my mother's like, you don't buy white in the winter. You have to buy black or dark colors. So that's some real old school folklore. <laughs> because it's so funny mm -hmm. my dad when he used to try sneakers on he used to do a stance like to fight and i used to always ask him daddy why are you gonna fight in your sneakers he's like because you when you buy your sneakers you know you never know when you're gonna get into some shit so you always <laughs> gotta know and he don't call them sneakers they dogs he's like so you know when you throw on your dogs you gotta know if they're comfortable for you to kick some ass and i'm like all right heard you dad I don't know why they call dogs, but that's some real old school, old school New York right. slang that they call them dogs. And but I love that though. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's like they have their old, their folklore and and their myths and what they believe should be done with sneakers. And I'm like, yo, people. My mother now she'd be like, oh, that's so tacky wearing white sneakers in the winter. She hates it. She tells me, why are these uh, like the hipsters? Why all these girls wear these ankle socks and white sneakers in the winter? What's wrong with them? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, my. And that's probably because you guys, you guys actually have winter. Yeah, we, we have don't actual have winter, winter, right? And in this winter, it's crazy because you know we pick up that LA culture, we pick up that West Coast culture, those vibes that's warm and sunny. And here, you see a lot of warm and sunny colors in the winter, and uh, I'm just not used to it. And especially since how I was raised, it's a little different when it comes up to sneakers, because my parents had their own beliefs on how we should celebrate and wear sneakers going back you said you would buy doubles of sbs you would do you see nike sbs staying pat right now because you know how they faded away for a little bit but they seem to be back everything are they gonna fades phase away out again and comes back um so everything fades away and comes back and in order for it to be able to come back it has to fade so fashion is cyclical it's in cycles so every sneaker that we love is going to come back in a cycle. It's just a matter of when. So with SBs, I've seen SBs starting to regrow back because 
I started to see so many celebrities. I mean, once you see Kylie Jenner in a fucking SB Doom, you already know that that shit is the newest hype sneaker. So when mm-hmm. you see a Kardashian rocking a freaking classic silhouette, you already know it's, it's a hype sneaker. So, you know, with you have the Migos introducing it to the little young people. You have the new young kids, the Uzi Verts wearing SB now you have a new generation that never got to celebrate SBs, and the re- the re the cycle is is the new people that finally figure it out and love it. So, in my ex- in my you know in this lifetime, I've seen SBs die twice. This, okay. this is this is not the first time that SBs went dead. I've seen SB when SBs first came out first came out in New York because I was very much aligned with the skate culture. So, like, I had a Supreme shirt in the late 90s. Like, I was doing Bape. I had all the Bape camel hoodies, probably, like, 99. I used to love those. (coughs) It's crazy, because that's when, right after that, Weezy was rocking them. And then the hip-hop culture really got put onto Bape with Pharrell and Weezy. And during that era, but way before that. You had kids in late nineties. You had them in SBs, and you had them in, in you had them in Dunks, and you had them in Supremes, and that was big. And then they died, and then it came back, and then you had Todd Bradshaw creating like the most amazing SBs mm, and cigars. That made, and me, my cigar box is one of my favorites. Um, I actually flew to Tampa, to Florida, to Ybor City to get the exclusive pack. He hand signed the poster. I have the posters on my wall. So <clears throat> you have those and then then it died again. And now it's back. And I'm going to see it die again cuz that's just what happened. So I've seen SB's die twice. I I I see it dying <laughs> a lot sooner Are they gonna than it did it? the second Maybe. time. You what think they so? did to the Horachis, I call them Horachis. What they did to the Horachis was <laughs> is insane and incestuous. They made them in every color in one year and killed it. Killed it. I mean, super killed it. So now, SBs, I haven't seen good designs on them, though. Me neither. <laughs> I haven't seen a good concept, honestly. So... I am waiting for the strawberry cough. I think the strawberry cough is absolutely beautiful. I think the strange love was dope, but it was a low. And it was dunk. Oh, so you don't like lows? Not in the SB, nah. But no, no, okay. no. Why? Because I trash them so fast. And I- see, with the... Uh, I-, I feel like I was telling somebody, I said, when... Like right now, the concepts that they're coming out with now, they're not attractive to me. They're not, That's what they're I not feel exciting like. and they don't come with like, I remember when I got the Pee Wee Herman's, right? I, I got the Pee Wee Herman t-shirt where he's sitting in the, it's a great the t-shirt movie and he's sitting in the movie theater and he's at the end. So it was right. those packs that made you want the SB. The Brain Wrecks, I got the Brain Wreck poster with the Brain Wreck skate deck with the Brain Wreck sneaker. So it was like, the other day, I actually pulled out. I have a Married to the Mob SB that that is a twill. It's a it's a twill SB with navy blue, and nobody even knew about it, cared about it. I pulled that shit out the other day, and I'm like, this is fire. But you know, Cheech and Chong's. I got like two or three pairs of Cheech and Chong's just because 
I I burned one and I fucked it up. <laughs> I tried to burn it and I fucked it up. It looks like a burn stain. It came out like a brown burn stain and I burned through the green. So I tried to burn it and I fucked it up. Then the second one, I I wear that one and that one, I, I sc- the canvas got something black on it and I've been cleaning it for years. It doesn't come out. And then my third one, I rock. And that's the one that's clean and pretty and I'm not deviating from it. But there's so many great SBs and it was so many concepts and it was that. And I think like when concepts was doing like the glass, uh, the glass windows and so I think that's where we left off with really good modern SBs. But see, that was what I keep telling people. I said like there was a, a point in time like right now, people love the Ben and Jerry one that's supposed to come out. I I don't like I it's it's. It's tacky and, and, and it was easy. doesn't make sense to me. You know, other than other than these companies are trying to market through sneakers, which people need to peep that and peep game. Like why a Ben and Jerry out of everything, right? It can't be that right. somebody, some athlete just really loves Ben and Jerry. No, Ben and Jerry's paying into this. You know what I'm saying? Oh, they, they're getting, this is them opening their market to, they're marketing to us through our foot, our feet, through our footwear. And then what happens? You want to take a picture with the Ben and Jerry's on, you're going to go get Ben and Jerry's ice cream. <laughs> right? Because that's what you you're have to. You're going to see everybody on Instagram and SBs, Ben and Jerry's, and the ice cream right next to their feet. All right. Yeah, so predictable already with it. So it's like, because you're so predictable, now Nike could go and say, all right, you want to collaborate? This is how much you got to pay to collaborate. You know, look at what um, Clark Kent did with uh, the mattress company, Serta, the sneaker. Yeah. So that was to raise awareness for Serta. It had nothing to do with anything else in the sneaker community. It's all marketing to us. Same thing like when they create, you know, I love the Leica collaborations that Nike has with the production company. Um, those to me are like one of the best collaborations and the best designs in sneakers like ever. And that's because Tinker really owns those projects. Even, you know, that's one of the only projects that brings him out of retirement every time for design. And that's just another way to sell out movies through sneakers. Like everything is just marketing to us. But there was a point where it was just organic concepts. And these organic concepts were part of pop culture. And to me, a Ben and Jerry's don't make sense with pop culture right now. Do you do you want to see those classic themed you know dunks retro uh i wouldn't mind um you know i i wouldn't mind seeing it but i just don't think they have a place in modern society like i think that i'm so inspired by everything that is in pop culture right now i don't know how the brands are not so why come out with a peewee herman even if it was classic when you have you know funnier new icons why not a, a, a will farrell SB you know why not mm. why not something that is modern that is completely dope why not make a trap music SB you know why might not make something that applies mm. to us you know why make why keep making shit that does not apply to this culture because you don't understand this culture and what we would like right with the emergence of like kiff and kiff treats you know you have ice creams and cereals and things like that you know that's been a part of of designed for a while you've had fruity pebble embedded into lebron's aesthetics you know you have all these different things and it's like you know jordan's were created based on what he liked and designed based on what his 
his uh, passions Taste. were. You know, you got Lamborghinis, Ferraris, you know, you Cry got cigars, Ferraris, you all got, that. You got all of these different uh, types of of his personal passions that come right out of the sneakers. And it's like the brand should just create new SBs, new concepts, you know, new ideas instead of just retroing the old ones like that. If everything is retro, nothing is sacred. So if you're oh, see, that's every the, Jordan, every SB, every Harachi. But that's where, that's where I go back to what we talked about with the Yeezy 2s and the Grinch. I want some sacred things. See, the I difference think is those should be sacred. For me, is that the SB, the, the SBs that you're speaking of are still wearable. Oh, it's a culture. It's still wearable. Uh, they're still wearable and they're still brand new. So a lot of people still have a lot of... I mean, SBs are great. It is one of the best manufactured quality Nike sneakers. Always has been. Always has been. You know, it's meant to grind on concrete. So what happened is, is that those sneakers are still wearable and looking good. So there's no need to retro a sneaker that you can still wear. Furthermore, you can still find a lot of them out there. Are they pricey? Yes, but you can still find them in the market. So it's like, it's not even... It, there's no need to retro it. There's a need to retro a sneaker that was not available for everybody, was not available in sizes for everybody, and was mm. not and is no longer wearable for the people who have them. That's the difference. Okay, would you be fine would you be fine with what they did with like the De La? Taking the high, making it a low. They came out with a skunk low. Yeah. I mean I I okay. wasn't interested in, in getting them, but I think a lot of people who who liked it were um, just because I got the OGs and I don't even wear them. I haven't worn my Delas in, I want to say like 10 years. Um, I haven't really bust out SBs just like I haven't bust out Blazers. Um, uh, even after Blazers came back real quick, I haven't bust them out. Um, I'm just not interested in them at this time, but I know a lot of people are. You know, what's crazy is like, I haven't even though like SBs are in and back or whatever you want to call it, I haven't broke mine out either. Like even though I'm loving that they're back and I'm appreciating this new wave, I still haven't brought mine back out. Like I haven't been like, yo, let me throw these on now. I wore it- Cheech and Chong for 420 um, just because those are my favorite for 420. Um, right. But that's pretty much it. I haven't really worn them either because I mean... I just haven't, I don't know. Me personally, I'm not into it. I did SBs. When nobody was doing SBs, I had my months where I was just wearing SBs. I was in Ferris Bueller's. I was just in SBs. And now I don't, I'm not inspired by them to join in on that. Um, I'm in a different place. There's like new stuff that's coming out that I'm really inspired. The other day I was cleaning my sneaker room and I was like finding my fear of gods. And I just got the new one, which made me look for the old ones. And then... I was like putting away my Don C's because they go away for the summer. My twos go away for the summer because you can't wear them. They're not breathable. So I put my twos away. So I'm taking all this stuff out and I'm like, damn, this is my mood. And all winter I've been in foams because that's the only time you could wear foams. So I'm trying to wear, you know, 100 pairs of foams. And it's like there's not enough days to just wear (laughs) everything. And I really wanted to get it in with foams this year. So that's what I was doing, coupled with all the new stuff you're getting. Because sometimes, yeah, you know what? Those will all take a back burner for the new one that I'm obsessing over. 
but that's the but like you said inspire you got the new fear of god so it inspired you to go look for the other fear in gods i will say this dunk you know wave has inspired me to go back and pull out some of my old dunks and look at them and consider them but not enough to wear them right like i have uh i have some you know more recent dunks like the paparazzis with the with the camera oh, okay. on the side right those i like because I like the concept of paparazzi. It kind of, rem- it, it really honestly reminded me of Lady Gaga's song pa- Paparazzi. So it had a different really feel song. for me. And I think that's what sneakers are. It's a different feel and a different mood for everybody. No, it is. Like, I mean, I, I've been buying so many vans lately. Like, and it's a California thing. It is. And, um, and I've been buying them because I've just been. Like, we've been chilling so much. Like, we've just been chilling. You know, we might go outside for a bit, sit outside, or, you know, maybe walk down the street. But right, vans, to me, were always sneaker. the... You're right. Yeah. It is a so good it's like the sneaker. ultimate cool-out shoe. Even a van. I'll wear vans in the house. I'm wearing vans right now just around my house. And it doesn't take much to put them on. It's not much work. You don't got to, like, coordinate a crazy fit for it. You just throw some clothes on and you put your vans on. But and that's like your, you said, that's your quarantine it is mood. It is. That's your quarantine now, mood. My now quarantine when, mood has been clogged posits. I've been in clogged posits for like 50 days already. I have like three pairs and I just been in clogged posits because I'm just trying to. And that's why I was thinking, you know, that's why I referred back to Jordan one lows is that I'm looking for something easy to slip in and out of when I just got to go get the mail, come back up when I just got to go to the store and come right facts. back. So I'm not looking to stick my whole foot in a whole uh no sneaker that needs to be laced tied <laughs> honestly right. it's just the laziness and i think quarantine is making me sneaker lazy because i <laughs> i just don't want to go through changes putting on a sneaker and i think i got the yeezy 700 m and vn the phosphor and oh okay i know what you're talking about yeah the work to put that sneaker on my fat foot was enough for me to say this is not for me because I no longer like, care to go through that work to put, and I don't, I never like sock sneakers, and I don't want to, con- I don't even want to start with anything. I have to pull into my foot. No thanks. <laughs> like you know, it's funny with like everybody watching the Bulls documentary, The Last Dance, and stuff, and everybody's pulling out their Jordans and they're throwing on their Jordans to watch it. Beyond Jordans, I- people are pulling out the Chicago colorways. If you look at StockX, any sneaker in a Chicago colorway, any, any. It's through the roof right now. Even sneakers that were $150 before this documentary are now through the roof. And it's just on the original Chicago colorway. Everybody wants that red, black, and white colorway right now with the emergence and it's of funny that because, documentary. Like- the first few episodes, I didn't put anything on. And then, like, when the ramen episode came up, I went and found my OG oh, pair of ramen oh, from 7th oh, oh, grade. I found them. Same, I didn't. Same. It took so much work. It took so much work you to pull what? them out and put them on. I didn't. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I felt so passionate when I saw that episode. Why? Because we all loved Rodman. But we all thought he was right. a fucking looney tune, right? Because we thought he was. The media portrayed him to be crazy the media portrayed him to be a wild boy the media portrayed him to be possibly uh you know gay the media was portraying him at the time to be so many things to see him his story and to see him simply put because we can all relate to see him simply put as just a creative that's what he is he was just a and it's and you know back to that stigma that 
you know, athletes are just athletes. Athletes can be creatives, you know, and I think that's what Kobe was trying to do before his passing is demonstrate that athletes are multifaceted. And what this documentary showed was like Dennis Rodman was somebody who was a creative, who was top of his game, who was the best, you know, at what he did. And just to show that that he had personality to show that he was, you know, he loved women to show how he loved women, you know, like that was all countering everything they used to say about him back in the day. I always loved Indestructs. That's like, love them. Mm, they're delicious. They're yummy. They're tasty. They're everything. So I just love them. And when I saw that episode, I said, they all coming out. They all coming out. I'm bringing out all my Rodmans. <laughs> and yep. I, I, I have a, uh, a recent pair that I got like two or three years ago, a really nice one, a pink one. And I can't wait to just walk in the streets in that one. It was absolutely beautiful. But I'm so empowered to wear Rodman's now just because of how they finally corrected the perception on him. And I think, you know, he, he probably has some great peace now because it's crazy because now every rapper, every young rapper looks like exactly what Rodman was doing in his era. Thank you. See, and that was where and that's where you go back to what you're saying about being a creative. Like back then. And you're right. When we grew up, man, come on. Like Rodman was like, cool. But you, you the way it was portrayed and stuff, you didn't want to be like him. And covered in tats, colored hair. Local. They'd be like, he's the local. You know, he would right. paint his hair crazy. And he got nose rings and he paints his nails and he's just, you know, he's a, wearing he's a, a wedding fruit. dress. And he's a, he's a fruit. Makeup he's a, and a crazy guy. He wears leopard right. fur jackets and things like that. And but, now, and now, like you said, now you look at our rappers, you look at like Vert, you look at people like that and you're like, they, they're him. Now today it's like, yo, that's cool. That's the creative. That's that. But there's people that have been doing it that laid that that took those bullets rodman took those bullets and he shots did. for people to be themselves he now did. you know he did and especially being on the team that he was on you had jordan who was viewed as just the, the clear cut I, I love this documentary on so many levels because it shows jordan it's okay to have that killer instinct like it's perfectly fine well yeah. it also shows and, that he wasn't this picture perfect sweetheart that people want to but you know this helps lebron this documentary helps lebron look like a great 100 this documentary helps because people are so angry at lebron and you know what i'm the first one i have to say every time he catches a tantrum i have to fucking get away from the tv because i want to strangle him like you're too big (laughs) to have a tantrum like stop it right and anytime he has a tantrum but then i always have to humble myself and remember jordan used to run up in your ear and talk shit in your ear you know, and he was a he was right. a douche like that. And I remember like, you know, during when Jordan was playing, I used to sit and watch the games because I grew up in a house with one TV and the men in my house ran the TV. So my brother and my father ran the TV and it was always sports because they every season they celebrate every sport. And when mm-hmm. basketball was on, I really liked basketball. But more importantly, I used to stare at their feet. So I used to sit right in front of the TV because they would sit on the sofa and I'm real low and I'm looking at all the feet. And they're like, you saw that shot? And I'm like, yeah, I, you, he's wearing Jordan fours. <laughs> and they'll be like, right. that's not what we're saying. We, did you see the game? And I'm like, no. I'm like, but why are they all in LeBron's? And, you know, recently I said, why are the, the whole WNBA wearing a whole team was in LeBron's? And, and I'm like, why are they all in fucking LeBron's? Like, this is it doesn't right. make sense because till this day. 
I look at feet and in, in play in basketball. That's And then from there, I feel like I could tell the next trend, the next release, the next colorway. Why are they using that color as opposed to this one? Where is that colorway coming from? What's the symbolism of it? And I already know if it's a hit or miss when that one's coming out. And that's how well, I like was you said, like my whole life back- just growing up. And that's what you said, like back then when it came to watching sports, I tell people all the time, you know, if it wasn't for in-hand magazine publications, the way you knew a sneaker was getting ready to come out or what it looked like was actually watching the basketball games. I love the Kamikaze 2 and the Shaq Gnosis because those you look on the court and you could see them. You were hoping yeah, for a good Shaq enough Gnosis. camera, a good enough camera shot close enough to the sneaker so you can get a good peek of it. There was no Internet. There was no social media. You had to see that, yo, I need those. I want those. You rarely saw back in the day. There were Bulls players that would wear Jordans on the team with Jordan or wear Pippins with Pippins. But like you said, nowadays, like for me personally, if I was in the NBA, I could never wear LeBron and play against LeBron, you know, and, and stuff like that. And that's where those stories and that history comes from. Exactly. And I love seeing that, you know. Um, man, it's crazy because in Puerto Rico, in, in Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, the island itself loves basketball and their college league is very intense. It's something like every town has their own university that has their own basketball team. So it's our division, you know, it's our top level divisions and the island together, men and women, grandmas, grandpas. It's one. It's something that really brings us a lot of joy. So wins and games they celebrate they cook food they bang on pots they're in the streets the those college players get a lot of respect that's why pr have beat the the usa because they don't play with the basketball but it's something that's just embedded so growing up the island i mean they love jordan they fucking love jordan so it was like (laughs) over there you you wanted jordan sneakers but you wanted you will take a jump man. You will take a team Jordan. You'll take anything with his logo on it. So, and I always tell Jordan brand, you know, the Island of Puerto Rico kept team Jordan and jump man sneakers alive. You know, that kept your whole brand alive because that was the, those are the, that's the bread and butter of that company that those types of sneakers that were selling out because people just, Oh, idolized them. So when Kobe passed, there was earthquakes, uh, like, for 30 days happening in Puerto Rico. They truly made like a 30 foot, but they turned a 30 foot mural. They made a 30 foot mural of Kobe dedicated to him because they love basketball. So I grew up just like growing up in a very pro Puerto Rican environment, just watching basketball, loving basketball, celebrating basketball and the sneakers were part of it. Uh, So you said, you know, talking to like you've worked with brands before, right? I work with several brands, yeah. Okay. When these opportunities you've had to work with brands or talks, focus groups, I'm not exactly sure to what capacity, do they actually listen? I've worked, so like I did like uh, the Reebok podcast about 5411s. So it was like the story of Reebok and the early story and my personal experience with the Reebok and, you know, the the message to leave for people why they should listen to the podcast and what it's about. And I've gotten to be a, in a lot of creative content with the brands because we're beyond the, I'm beyond the point of them listening to me and just letting them let me lead and create. 
So in the beginning, it was a lot of demonstrating to them why I'm a leader, demonstrating to them what makes me a leader, demonstrating to them where my, is my place in the culture. So a lot of that took a lot of long work. Do they listen? They know the issues a lot of the time, but they have a lot of turnover with staff. And they also have staff. I mean, look at the requirements, right? You come out of college, you go into one of these companies, you know, you don't know much about sneaker culture or nowadays, you know, a little bit about sneakers, but not about the culture. So, you know, about what sneakers come out and you like them and you work in a brand, but you don't know, you don't have a connection to the emotion, the emotion of these consumers and who these consumers directly are. And... I think See, that's, that's the problem with a lot of brands. They don't have that connection. And furthermore, they didn't have many women. So now we're at a point where they're hiring more women. I'm seeing a lot of women in the brands. I'm meeting a lot of women in brands. So women were arguing, oh, there's not enough women. Now they're hiring more. Is it enough? No. Could we do better? Yes. But they've made a start. And I do think for the most part, they listen. They just don't understand Okay. Like you saying they're bringing in more women. This is where I go back to like bringing in women or bringing in women with the knowledge and the experience to be able to really make a difference. They should uh, saying bringing in women should never even be a saying. They should have always just had the women side by side with the men True. creating. So are they ever I I don't have belief that they're ever like people who work in in these brands who do like marketing who do because there's different aspects you know design right i think one of the you know best female designers you know you have at judy at reebok and you have tiffany had tiffany at nike and it's like uh you know can we get to know these designers do we know these women that are designing do you introduce these women that are working in your companies to the public to get to know Do they have passion for this? And it's like, I've met women that work in these sneaker brands that don't have an ounce of the passion that I have, who don't have the business acumen that I have for this, that can also relate it directly right to the consumer's damn sneaker room. And, but they're given these opportunities and because they have degrees and I have degrees too, but I, that's just not my job field. But there's a lot of other women, especially women of color who may just have an associate's degree, but they won't get these opportunities because they don't have a bachelor's in marketing, in this business, in this field. So that stinks. Yeah, you know, see, that's where a lot of the things, you know, where the disconnect does come from. Like, you know, being in, you know, involved in the culture and understand that, like when you get to the business side of it, you know, there are these requirements that these companies are looking for that may not include what you know and have. But it's crazy now, luckily for you, you have both. So many sneaker lovers think that they understand the business of sneakers. And you really don't until you really sit and understand. It's like the government. You think you know all about government until you be like, what the fuck did they just do? So you think mm-hmm. you really understand until you really understand the intricacies of business. And you have to formally understand that through education. It's not something that you could just pick up out there and run with. Because at the end of the day, 
the companies are functioning like businesses. They're following policy and procedure. They have their policies in terms of releases, policies in terms of color use, policies in terms of of contracts with athletes that they can and cannot do things. So it's like you have to incorporate that all back into design and releases. It's not the easiest thing in the world. It's not just creating something and, and launching it. It takes a lot of work behind it. But I do think that some of these brands should learn more from retailers who do learn directly from the public. The key here is that the retailers are the ones that learn everything about us because they have us coming in and out, talking to us, meeting us, dealing with us. They know what we buy, what we don't buy. So it's like they're the ones that have the pulse, not really the brands, but the retailers. And you see retailers creating. You see retailers doing givebacks. You see retailers getting involved. Why? Because they understand their consumer. So I am seeing more of the positive in the retail space as opposed to the brand space. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. So like, for just, what I've done is, with like brands is create content. So like the Reebok podcast, I was part of that. Then with the collective, create content for the collective, like for Air Max Month, we did a time capsule with Jimmy Jazz. So we did a, uh, my partner and I did a time capsule where it was a uh, you would submit a video about your favorite Air Max and why you love it and your message to future Air Max lovers. And it was a, a competition and they won a prize from Jimmy Jazz. So I've been able to I've been blessed to be able to create. I've worked with Foot Locker. I did a, a campaign. I did one of their first plus size campaigns. They took in their first plus size brand which was Lola Getz and I actually if you've seen the emails that came out introducing that brand I was on the emails um I also did the Foot Locker the Locker looks with them where they actually came into my sneaker room and we dug into some sneakers for them oh yeah I remember that mm-hmm. so I've did like quite a few I've done quite a few amazing projects that I'm just you know I'm humbled and I'm so proud of but I still have a long way to go in this and the space just keeps changing. If you read my manifesto on Walk Like Her, which is on Walk Like Us, it was five years ago. And I presented all the problems in the women's space five years ago. If you read that, those are the complaints that women are still complaining about now. But they're not very valid anymore because they're mm. complaining about they want more product for women. There is more product, but you're complaining about one brand because the only brand to complain about more product, the only brand to complain about more women designers, the only brand to complain about anything with women is Jordan Brand. That's it. And Jordan Brand is making really big changes because recently Jordan Brand launched the women's collection of clothing. They needed apparel so bad. We've had we've never had uh, apparel for women through Jordan Brand. Now we have apparel. And furthermore, they're making apparel for bigger women. So is it the answer for all plus size women? No, because most collaborations now are stopping at a 3X. There are women who are 4X, 5X, 6X, you know, and that's a very small market that brands don't know how to. It's a big market that brands don't know how to attack because they find it to be very small. It won't sell out or it's going to sit. But it, it's actually a huge market because there's so many women in those sizes. But we've made great progress. And I always tell women, if you want to see more progress, buy the products. 
you have to tell these brands that we're listening and we're out here. If you keep buying men's products, men's sneakers, youth sneakers, when they look at their numbers, they don't see a woman buying youth sneakers. They don't see a woman buying men's sneakers. They're men and youth and women's is very low on that on that purchasing power. So you have to really speak through your dollars and speaking through your dollars is how you make change as a consumer. If we all went on strike tomorrow and said we're not getting any Jordans for a week, we, these brands would lose their minds. Oh, yeah. Because that's yeah, a very yeah. powerful, like sneaker collectors, like the people who buy sneakers, we're powerful beyond what we understand. If we all rolled out a campaign tomorrow and said every sneaker collector is going to vote in America is going to vote for not Trump, we would rock elections. We crash the internet. We consistently crash the internet. We consistently break barriers. If we would use this for something collectively, we can take over the world. We can do anything that we want to do collectively just because there's so many of us who have one common interest who can make big changes. I don't know if you're aware. I'm sure you can feel it, but we're at three hours. Oh, God. Okay. Go this away. is a really good conversation. Go away. Okay. And split this up into like multiple, like a series, because this is too much for humans to listen to at one time. They're going to be like, yo, I, those two. I, when it comes up to talking about sneakers, th this is what I do. This is what I could do. I could go. And there's so much shit we have. Like, I could go in. There's just so many things. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. And it's crazy how with men, somehow... I always, I mean, anytime I do like an interview or podcast or I have this, um, even a regular conversation with a male about sneakers, we, it just goes in because I find that men are so, the more you talk, the more I think women intrigue. And now you start asking questions that you, you didn't even plan to ask. But now you're just like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And that's true. <laughs> like, that's why I said when. You know, a lot of the things that I've said on my last episode when I had Ruby on, you know, some of the things were just from my experience with it. And then having a conversation with somebody like you who has been a part of it for so long, it clears it up better. It opens it up better. You've mentioned people that I am going to check out. You've mentioned situations to where, you know, it's my responsibility to engage in conversations more with women who do know their stuff, you know, and there are times when, you know, you might hit them with a like. But, you know, you may not say like, yo, would you get that? You might not ask a question. You might not say something. And what you did today on this podcast, I think you're going to open up a lot of other people's opinions like and, and thought process into it. You're very smart. You're very Thank intelligent. You. The conversation is really good. You're knowledgeable. I, I had it in my mindset when, I'm, when we started. When we started, I said, you know, what? if this goes to four hours, I'm going to have to break this up to two because it has the potential to do so. And I love letting people with your experience come on and talk. I've had other people come on the podcast. Let them talk. Let them explain. Let them share their experiences. You don't have to hear me all the time. But, man, I love that. Like, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah, thank you so much, I mean, for for just having me on the podcast. I think you have such a – there's a cultural presence that you provide and – some of your opinions are like, like I said, I argue with them because they're opinions and they're very opinionated. And it's just like they're not the common opinion. So when I see something and even content that's created like that, I'm like, 
oh, wow, you know what? You put some kind of thought. You put a very interesting thought into this pop of the sneaker community. You put an interesting twist to it. And, you know, I think I challenge sneaker collectors, like create your own content, whatever it is, like whatever it is that you do, you know, you draw, you sing, you write poetry, whatever it is that you do, incorporate your sneaker life into it, you know, incorporate going and keep going, incorporate your passion into it. Right now, if you go on Etsy, which is like handcrafted stuff, one of the most popular categories is sneaker inspired. And they make, you know, coasters, they make little um, gloves. Right now they're making masks. You know, everything is sneaker inspired and it's absolutely gorgeous. And it's my lifestyle, so I'm so into it. But I think more authentic people need to create and share with us so that we can end up, it's like supporting our own, right? So it's like, like, like how the, the Hasidic Jews do. They only buy from each other. They only wear from each other. So right. like, I want to continue to support people who create, you know, in this space without judging, without alienating. Like I, you know, I wish for the most part that I couldn't see most of these people. I don't want to see them. I don't want to see them. I want to feel you through your feet. I want to get to know you through your feet. I feel like most of these people never needed to speak. And you could just tell. You could tell big stories about them through what they're wearing on their feet. I feel like I could tell where you're from, how old you are, what you do. I could tell so many things, especially about a man. Because if like I had this conversation with a girlfriend, if a guy comes up to me and he's wearing a pair in New York and I just look at his feet and he's in a pair of Nike Cortez. You're over 40 and that's it. And if I see a guy in Reebok, you know, nylons or classics, you went, you were in jail. You definitely either just came home or those are your your jail kicks. And it's crazy because I was talking about jail sneakers. Like there are sneakers that are just known for being jail sneakers and you'd never wear them in the street. So everybody see that. And that's and that's a region thing because if I saw somebody wearing Reebok Classics out here, I would just be say like, oh, like that's you're probably your only pair of sneakers. Right. If I saw somebody wearing a Reebok Classics, like you're not, you usually don't wear sneakers. So what's your, the, the that's sneaker the you identify as a jail sneaker? A jail sneaker to me would be a like a, a, a solid color van with no laces, just a slip on. Wow, that's what I view like as a, a jail sneaker. sneaker. Wow, yeah, that's, like the ninja sneaker. That's, what, that's hysterical. <laughs> that's what I would view as, you know. That's hysterical and when you talk, ninja sneaker. That's so funny. And see, you said you said a Cortez. You said a Cortez that, on the East right, Coast. You so saw somebody over 40. A, I see somebody with a Cortez now. I think of a, like, oh, man, g- gangster. We, we call them dope mans. They're dope mans, you know. So over here, um, dopes are foams. And we got that from Maryland. So, if you see a pair of person wearing a pair of dopes, they're wearing foams. If you see a person wearing dope runners, they're wearing New Balance. Because the guys that used to sell dope, the 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 bosses used to wear the, the foams, right? Because they used right. to run through the street. <laughs> but then the people that used to run the work up and down the block used to be a New Balance. So, they used to call them dope runners. But that's, that's a real that's Baltimore, D.C. thing. New York got up on that late. But here in New York... There's only a few sneakers that you could send into the prison system. One, it has to have a price cap, and two, it has a color cap. And that is how some of these sneakers got to be known as prison sneakers. So for a long time, you would never see a person in a Nike Cortez because that's one of the only sneakers on the $50 that you could get through the prison walls. So 
and that fit the color criteria. So out here, if you was in Cortez, you was locked up. So, and furthermore, you was locked up a long time ago. So now if you wear them now out here, you are old hat. So I would see them and be like, oh God, that guy needs to get away from me with his Cortez on. Like these guys were looking at me and my friends and they were wearing Hirachis, Lowe's. I was like, never, never. I'd never date you. <laughs> never. I'd never date you. And feet, see, you know. you can't be like that though. I am a hundred percent. Like you, I, me personally, you can't be, but I can't go outside and flex on my man. I could never go outside and flex on my man. Like I'm, I'm a die hard oh. body sneaker collector. There is no way I'm going to go outside flexing on my man. That's not going to happen. It, first of all, it's not, it is not what arouses me and it, it will never be be what stimulates me i i love sneakers so i love a man that could go in on a collection i love a man that could represent himself and make a statement through his feet and adam like the way i collect this is only me i can only date men who have bigger better collections than me and it oh, is not come and on. It's not the only criteria. It is the first criteria. Of course, afterwards, you have to be sane, stable, and established. <laughs> Jixie, what you talking about In here? that order. Come on, Jixie. Sane is first. Jixie, what are you talking sane, about? Sane, stable, and established, right? But sneakers, sane, stable. That's what it is right there. Sneakers, so three sane, S's. stable. So the three S's. Sne so the first thing is your sneaker collection. So... Basically, I have this God's only <laughs> philosophy. So sneaker God's only. So and oh, for the, Jixi, for the, for the simple reason, like I can't I can't sit here and crush you. You know, I can't sit here and be like, damn, my girl here just and then I have like a wimp who is in a wimpy sneaker. Get out of here with your wimpy sneaker. What's a wimpy sneaker? <laughs> a wimpy sneaker. Um, Let me see a wimpy Come sneaker on. for me. Uh, definitely a Harachi. I can never date a Harachi dude. Yeah, but okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Why? Now, it, has it turned into that? Sure. But if you are a real sneaker collector, now if I come out wearing a Harachi low because I was there when the Harachi low was originated, how would you know? Nah, you know what it is? Now the Harachi low is a fucking chicken head sneaker. So men and women who wear it, you give it up on the first date. So if I see you in that sneaker, I'm just going to look at you. First of all, I'm going to look at your little ankles and I'm going to be like, ew, he's got his whole an little ankles out and his little freaking hirachis that he has to slide on like a freaking girl. Oh, my God. It's slide, like it's something that's so feminine about it to me. So when I look at it, uh. it's just like, ew, it's so freaking tacky. And then second of all, it's like it's such a abused, oversaturated, thought, regular so it's like all right it meant something before but nike horachied it out so there's no more going back to the nostalgia of that sneaker because we had it 180 times in one year it was like oh i remember you, that sneaker you oh then that sneaker then that one then that one oh then that one and a triple white and a triple s and a, and, a, and a triple red and a triple black and it's like oh wow look only in uk only oh wow cool let me get this one it's from china it was too much they horachied that out you you can say that about the Jordan 1. Oh, that's the newest whore. Yeah, that's the newest little slut. But you know what? With that little slut, they know they slutted it out. That's why the mids are, are coming through. So now the mids and the lows are coming through. But 
there are some great collaborations within the Jordan one. It is an iconic silhouette. I can't say that about a Harachi. So I can't say that some, oh my God, an amazing collab, amazing material, amazing. There's nothing amazing about it. So a Jordan <laughs> one is different because there are a lot of amazings about it. First of all, it's an iconic sneaker. It's the first Jordan. It is what it is. True. Is it boring now to buy the same like GRs of it? Absolutely. But do I like to see collaborations on it? Absolutely. Do I love to see a guy in it? Absolutely. Especially like a, a very nice one, a very rare one, a very dope one. Dang, man. I guess I'm I, harsh. I mean, you, know, you, you think some of these women, like some of these women that collect sneakers, yeah, they're looking at men's collections. They're looking at y'all. And you know what? When when these sneakers, sneakerhead men are the worst. They slide in girls' DMs like, all you got to do is put up a dope sneaker. The girl, You don't even need to see the girl. And you already got guys in there with the with the eyes like, hey. Oh, I- I'll tell you this. Hey, Having this podcast, eyes, you know, eyes, and, eyes. and people that people that listen to this podcast there's you know there's a few women that listen to podcast they always send me screenshots of like guys that had listened to our show that slide into their dms and you know it'd be like that simple hey you know not trying to bother you or anything i just want to let you know man your collection is on fire and it's like come on get yeah the that's the starting point and then it goes to your collections on fire i want to see you in those sneakers and wearing nothing else or <laughs> I, I had like a I, I don't know what about my page says slide in my dm but there's something about my sneaker collection even before i had a photo of myself when i first started off on instagram i never posted a picture of myself it was just of my feet so when I started posting pictures of myself, people became very interested and I would just post like some selfies. And then when I started posting like a few full photos, which I don't do that often, but I try to let people see like it's not only about my sneakers. I actually like drip. So I actually like style and, and my, you know, my makeup is sneaker inspired, my nails, you know, like this just part of my my daily. So when I seen that, when I posted that, I started getting some weird, 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 weird DMs. You know, I got <laughs> like like the people with the foot fetishes. They want to see your feet. But I'm like, what about my page says feet? It says sneakers. So, no, I'm not going to send you any foot pictures. And <laughs> just, like you got the wrong you got the wrong idea. This is about sneakers, <laughs> not feet. And then you have like I had somebody ask me for like belly button pictures. Then I had this weird creep who I kept blocking. <laughs> Yo, I kept blocking this person. And all they would do is every time I posted a sneaker, like I posted the fighter jet foams and they were like, oh, man, I would love to bend you over in those and literally responded uh, to the photo. What? Then I posted like um, Ferraris. 14s so i posted a pair of ferraris that same person under another page was like oh man i can't bend you over in the fighter jets so i'll just have to slap your ass in these and i'm like what the fuck how do you keep what like who has the energy to keep creating pages and continue a conversation where you got blocked two months ago (laughs) so it's like yo some dudes is just it's just crazy and then you know i had some dudes like yo i'm here for the sneakers but now that i saw you you're I'm like, no, no, you're to me. No, no, yours, please. And thank you. Like, let's have platonic conversation. But, you know, that's a whole different topic just about how how men. I think because we're all in one community, I think <laughs> this is personal opinions, but 
I think we've gotten real trashy with it in terms of of DMing and becoming very formal or unformal with each other. You know, you have Facts. so many people you know, you have so many people married in the sneaker in the sneaker space, but then they all trying to slide on the side with everybody else and go to these events and there's so much like ratchetery going on and it's like how did we get to this point? But I do think that, that women that. women should be again given the utmost respect in this space and if like the proper way to slide in a dm would be what a compliment would be what an introduction first of all it's not like hey i saw you on this podcast and you did dope it would be like hi my name is you know juan pablo uh you know i'm from <laughs> <laughs> i'm from you know guatemala and right. I saw you on this podcast. I liked you. I related to you because start with something that doesn't creep a bitch the fuck off because it's so easy for, you know, for right now, what social media did to us is make us very informal. We have so many acquaintances, so many people. And then we'll say, oh, that's my friend. That's my friend. But they're not a friend. You haven't even built a relationship with them. You don't know anything about them. So it's like start with what you would do in person. You wouldn't come up to somebody and say, Hey, I saw you on a podcast and you no. who the hell are you? First of all, <laughs> who are you? What do you, do you like sneakers too? Are you re like, where can we relate to have a conversation right. to then let the woman decide because a woman will press a dude, you know, a woman will say, damn, I'm feeling you a woman. You got to give the woman an opportunity. It's like women don't want easy men. They don't want a man. They could know they could just bag in two seconds off of a freaking app chat dm you know a woman wants to sit right. here and feel like you know what this guy is just as exclusive as my sneakers and that's how i look <laughs> at it i always want to have a man that is as rare and exclusive as sneakers that's why i'm a collector because i want to be the only one to have certain things i want to be have the most rarest of sneakers and i think that translates into my personal life as well where i want somebody who is exclusive who takes care of themselves who's rare who's different i don't want that same type of feel and that same vibe and i think a lot of women i spoke to have the kind of almost a very similar perspective towards that like they don't want to have somebody who's overly um putting eyeballs on every woman's um under their pictures or putting <laughs> booty so peaches corny. under it or saying what up to everybody, like, you're overexposed, and that's just so tacky. So usually these guys that end up in your DM, they are the overexposed. All right, I think we need to get off. <laughs> He's like, this is going to go a whole other direction. Now, you know, we're, 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 we're going to talk again, right? You're going to give me some time, another time to talk again, right? <laughs> definitely we need to we okay. need to we need to get this we need to keep uh we need to keep an update going so what's happened we since do. the last time well what's I happened like this, is uh. no i had a really good time just talking about all of this stuff some of these things i haven't thought about or talked about in so long and good. some of you know some of the questions you had in the topics are still so relevant where i've heard these questions like I, I did an interview a few days ago and I was asked, you know, a few similar questions. So it was really, it was, it's interesting to see like there's trends and topics of conversations as well. Yeah.
I mean, it transitions. So I know I definitely have a lot more that we can talk about another time. Is there anything else? You know, you want to give your social medias and everything? Oh, sure. So you can find me at Kixie Jixie. That's K-I-X-I-E-J-I-X-I-E on Instagram. And uh, that's about it. I don't do the Twitter just because... (laughs) I find it so hard to just balance one social media, two social media, let it alone is. everything else. So that's where you can find me and keep up with what I'm doing, what I'm writing, you know, what I'm launching, what events I'm working on, what content I'm working on. And right now I'm in quarantine capital of the United States, the gateway of viruses. So <laughs> I'm being uh, very short and sweet with content, but uh, posting anything. But my stories are very entertaining right now. And very personal. Right. <laughs> that sounds good. All right, Kixie, I'll talk to you later. All right, bye. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Uh, nothing else to say. I thought that was a good conversation. Really good in-depth conversation. Opened my eyes to a lot of things. And I think it's going to open up a lot of listeners' eyes. Uh, this is the best sneaker podcast ever to me and to you. Pow, 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 pow.